On this week's episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, we talk about Bryce Harper cleared to make his 2023 season debut, some injuries that are plaguing the league like Robbie Ray, Aaron Judge, and Jacob deGrom. Are the Yankees and the Cardinals in trouble? How about the White Sox? And are you buying stock in the Pirates right now? Travis and I also get into our updated power rankings, and then we give our 2023 April All-MLB team. Who do you have as the player of the month? Find out our picks right now. Hello listeners, my name is Alex Jonitz and I am joined as always by my co-host Travis Miller. I am more of a stats nerd, he was a total stud on his D3 college team. This is the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. Enjoy. What's going on ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, episode 97. Alex and I are coming to you, it is Monday May 1st. How are we doing, Alex? We're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty good. You know, How, how'd you like that draft? The NFL draft? It was, NFL it, draft. It was fun. So many teams trading up, trading down, uh, keeping the fans on their toes. You know, Texans making moves, uh, getting the second and third pick. NBA, Travis playoffs in full swing. Upsets galore. You know, my team, the Lakers, looking pretty good. Um, electric series coming up but it, it, it's great time to be a sports fan and baseball is is, is heating up as well was just going to ask you too how are you feeling about those lakers right now Got, uh, uh, a little nervous how, how do you feel about this next series yeah for those that don't know i'm a lakers fan uh my whole life i truly think they match up well against the warriors uh steph looked amazing against the kings obviously late in that series but uh, i think that the lakers are up for the task i think they have the best defense remaining in the playoffs to be honest um, and it's, you know, it's going to be fun. No matter what happens, it's going to be pretty fun. And I'm going to I'm gonna be really invested in that, um, especially since, you know, Travis, the Angels keep kind of going up and down and teasing us. It's, it's nice to have one team in my life that is uh, showing a bit more resilience. So we um, just we just love to live around 500 right now this year. That, 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 every time been, we're, we're two games up, then we lose three in a row. And then we're two games below and we go on a hot streak. It's for two games. It's I think it's been like nine different uh times where we've been 500 exactly, or below yeah. 500 and gotten to 500 it's been yeah you know, i will say it's been it's been could, not a, not a terrible start it could it's, be worse it could be worse considering you look at how many games back we are and the teams that are ahead of us uh not too bad of a start for angels fans i know we've had some sloppy play here and there but i think we can fix it but this episode of course is going to be our april month in review a monthly review for teams for the players we'll go over our all mlb team for the month of april uh, who we think would be uh, the best player at each position in each spot if the season ended today. Uh, we'll also round out into our top 10 power rankings, go over each uh, team that we feel deserved in those spots, go over some headlines that are coming forth, uh, exciting news from different teams, also uh, looking at kind of some of the downfalls for some of these teams that we thought had you know better rosters or were going to have better seasons and are really not showing up in 2023. Uh, but Alex, let's start off with kind of the big news uh, in terms of a single player. Bryce Harper is going to be coming back, a, I think, tomorrow, uh, May 2nd, Tuesday. He should be in the lineup for the Philadelphia Phillies. This is much sooner than expected. Tommy John surgery, he went underway, I think it was during the offseason. 
he is probably going to be looking to play what dh at first base right now i mean all i've seen is him fielding ground balls getting throws at first base it's gonna be really exciting if he can succeed at the first base position with reese hoskins being out uh what's your take so far on harper i mean do you think he really can change this philadelphia phillies team into more of a contender because they really have gotten off to a slow start right now i think obviously he's going to be an offensive boost I do not know what it's going to look like as a hitter coming back from Tommy John. If there's going to be some recovery time, if the power is going to be there right away, all that kind of stuff, I'm not um, an expert on by any means. But what I do think is true, Travis, I think that he will be impactful off the jump. I think I heard DHing as soon as Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. Got it. I'm not sure when the first basing might start. You know, um, they definitely need help at that spot in the infield. I do think that he uh, his left-handed bat is going to just be, you know, that much more protection for the top of their order for guys like Trey Turner. Um, but, yeah, most of their team, like you said, has not been super hot. Even the guys that have been hot, like a guy like Brandon Marsh, for example, you know, doesn't feel like he's going to be able to maintain that level of production for super long. So they're going to need a superstar like Bryce Harper to kind of establish, um, you know, the lineup and, and show what it's capable of going forward. So... I personally think that it's going to be impactful, but I still, despite the miraculous turnaround time and how quickly he's getting back into the baseball swing of things, I still am not super high on them as a team uh, making a big run. They're 15 and 14 right now. I think they're playing as we speak. I think they're down 1-0 to the Dodgers, um, unless something changed since I last checked my phone. But um, it looks like uh, they have a negative run differential just slightly. Their strength of schedule has been about average, maybe a little touch easy. And so I do think that because of this, um, they're going to be flirting with 500 a lot of the year, I imagine. Uh, I do like Wheeler and Nola a lot. Um, but the offense, I think, is something, as well as the defense, um, I'm not super, super high on it. But then again, all it takes is, is a little hot streak to get you in the wild card uh, picture. So. Uh, Harper will help with that certainly he should and and looking at the way that even Trey Turner starting out the year not the best start to his um, Phillies career uh, 85 OPS plus uh, even guy like Kyle Schwerber who was just so impactful down the stretch in October only a 106 OPS plus so both guys um, not getting on base a whole ton I, I Schwerber is at, at least walking a lot but um not after that not really doing too much else uh and and trey turner uh the average the on base uh not something he wants to be at only seven walks so far this year with 32 strikeouts not a lot of pop in trey turner's bat so far so hopefully harper will um well, i know he will add some some length to that lineup and and opposing pitchers will have to do a much more uh a thought out plan job of, of getting out this lineup but just to cover the phillies uh they of course, are 15 and 14 with Bryce Harper coming back. Hopefully, uh, this team can get turned around and you know start making its push for another deep October run. Uh, Alex, another team I wanted to talk about as we kind of get uh, on our way towards May 1st and down the stretch of the season. Two teams, actually, I wanted to highlight, but we'll start first with the Chicago White Sox. Yesterday, they actually broke, I believe it was a nine, possibly even a 10-game losing streak. It has just been a muddy mess on the south side of Chicago, 8-21. and 21. I believe they were the second best odds to win the American League Central. Um, the Twins, 
Guardians and White Sox, all three of them, super close in Vegas to win the American League Central. I think it was just going to be a coin flip to see who can get uh, the number one spot. But I just don't know what to explain what's going on in, in, in the south, on the south side of Chicago, Alex. What do you make so far of this White Sox team? Is it is it panic button now? Is it is it Travis, a huge, huge uh, uh, is bad time in Chicago? Travis, it was panic button yesterday, two, two, <laughs> two, three days ago. I mean, if you look at their last week of baseball, it really just went from bad to worse. Um, their losing streak, if you look about a week ago, they were um losing games by a couple runs it's just funny looking at this kid they lost two games in a row by one they lost the next two games in a row by three and then they lost the game by seven next day eight zero next game they lost this is glitching out next game next game they lost five to 14 and then they lost by just one again and then they lost um three to 12 so they just have like a week straight of like five plus run losses. Um, and then they finally did win one yesterday against obviously a good raise team, but it's really taken everything um, to muster that one win. It feels like uh, there's a famous uh, viral clip, Travis going around a couple days ago, Luis Robert hitting an infield grounder, um, I don't know exactly what the defender did, but he he did a soft throw to first that Robert could have easily oh, beat easily, out. Yeah. But but Robert was not really aware of the the weak throw, so he just kind of dogged it down the line, and he was out by about half a step despite jogging. So if he was sprinting, he'd be there. Um, he he'd probably be around in the bag if he if he wanted to. Um, and and I think he got pulled up from the game after that moment. So it just kind of goes to show not only is there kind of problems with the team production, there could be some problems with team attitude, team chemistry. The clubhouse is certainly not happy about the start. There are pieces in the team I do like to some extent, Travis. I think that Vaughn has not had quite the start I was hoping, but I still think he showed some promise. He's someone who I'd expect to rebound a little bit um he has a 117 ops plus which is not bad at all i think he can do better um but yeah there's certain guys in the team travis who have not produced to the level that that people expected obviously i mean look, look elvis andrews has played 29 games at 45 ops plus that is simply not good enough um, somehow 16 games played by Lennon Sosa, 12 OPS plus <laughs> yeah, Travis, yep. their entire outfield, uh, Benintendi, Robert and Oscar Colas, all well below a hundred OPS plus. So the offense is simply not doing it. Eli Jimenez. I saw some stat the other day. Um, it was players who have high strikeout totals and also hit tons of ground balls. So it's like, even when you are hitting the ball, you're not really driving it. Um, and Jimenez was at the top of that list. I mean, he's got a below 300 on base. He's got a 350 slugging. I mean, Travis, this is someone who I thought a couple years ago is going to hit his prime and be like a Pete Alonso type of bat. 50 home runs. Or like yeah. a, like a, like a you know, 2019 Solaire kind of guy. I thought he's going to be a guy who could, you know, hit upwards of 40 home runs, have like a three, you know, I'm not even sure, like a 375, 390, maybe on base, you know, really good slugging north of 500. Um, he's not even north of 350 um, in the slugging. So serious concerns for lots of their bats, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, I think that, you know, there was lots of problems last year with Tony La Russa and, the, you know, the clubhouse and the team. 
the team approach and it looks like Travis, um, there were a lot more problems than just that, right? I think that those things that were going wrong last year still were problems and people who were kind of concerned about leadership last year um, weren't necessarily in the wrong. But looking at the team this year, Travis, I mean, none of the pitchers on their starting rotation have an ERA below four. Yeah. I mean, there's just yeah. there's very there's actually very few bright spots. There are some things I think are redeemable. But overall, I'm not too um, impressed, to say the least. I think that they're pretty. M- um, I'd actually a question written down for you, Travis. Are you just are you done with them? Are you writing them off? I, I'm writing them off. I, I have no faith that they can get anything uh, going. I mean, we, we look at, you know, the teams that are having success, the Rangers, the Twins, uh, the Orioles and the Rays. I, I, I mean, I, I expect the Yankees to kind of get things back into gear. I expect the Astros to get things back into gear. Uh, the White Sox, they they just have to uh, overcome too many teams to get back into a playoff position where I, I just think it's it, the season's basically done for them. Eight and 21, you cannot recover from that. Um, sad to say is, is that right now they're not the worst placed team in the Central. The Kansas City Royals, shockingly, are at a seven, I think, in 22. But it's it's done and over with for the White Sox. They they need to really look at what they can do in terms of getting talent for probably even next season. Uh, start scrapping some of these players because I, I just don't know what they can even turn to. I mean, one thing you could look at that's kind of a bright spot is, which I mean, it's not really a bright spot at all, but the hitting is atrocious. So, t- I mean, you got to think it can only get better. And then the pitching is atrocious. So you got to think it can only get better. So maybe. This is just the worst of the worst that you're going to see right here of the White Sox. Maybe they can play some 500 baseball for the next couple of months, get something kind of back into groove. We can see maybe in July, August where they're at. But as of right now, I just don't know how you can recover for this kind of start when you have such uh, such productive teams ahead of you uh, and, and such a good league in the American League. I, I just don't know uh, if you can be a, a third place team uh, and and really compete for a wild card spot. So. The White Sox are are pretty much out, in my opinion. Well, one last note on them before I move on. I, I think that a prime example of the trajectory of their team right now is the contract that they gave to Andrew Benatendi. Yep. I, I don't want to just dump on him too much because I've been pretty low on him the last couple seasons, even though last year he was, um, by many people's estimation, very productive. And I do... I do understand that he was, uh, you know, a really good batting average and there was a lot to like. I mean, he hit 304 last year with the 121 OPS plus. I do feel like there's a lot of luck involved with that. He really had no pop at all. He had he had a lot more pop in his Red Sox days when he was in his yeah. early 20s. I'm not really sure where that fell off and why, but I think he uh, has decided he wants to strike out less. I mean, he was striking out a lot more back in those days. He has three seasons in a row. Travis with over a hundred strikeouts in Boston. Um, but those were some, those were his like three best slugging seasons of his career. So, um, there's a trade off there. Right. And so I think that, um, in a lot of ways, the 2023, uh, batting line we're seeing here of him with a 281 average, a 337 on base. Those numbers aren't too bad, but he's not walking a ton there. And then the 333 slugging is very, very bad, um, for an 86 OPS plus. So w- when I see these numbers to me, it just says you're having a very contact focused approach, but the contact's not even that good. Like 281, you know, it's, 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 it's not bad, but it's not, it's not 
it's not worth the payoff you're sacrificing by giving up your power and your and your your walks. You're selling out for just swinging for contact, and you're only hitting 281. And the 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 on base and slugging are suffering as a result, in my opinion. Only seven walks on the season. Um, I mean, no homers, no triples, five doubles. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. not just not super high on his production and and the plate approach here. I think the plate approach needs to switch up a bit. Um, and, and based on the current based on the current I guess vibe of the team, I think that as a left-handed bat, they really need him to um, be productive and especially based on that contract that money they're giving him. Uh, it's not looking it's not looking like a good deal so far for for either side. So I'm hoping things turn around for him and for them uh, because they're a, they were a fun team, Travis. Back in like 2020, I'd say 2021. It's like these guys have some fun up and coming names. Um, there's exciting players. There's good prospects on the horizon. I mean, Oscar Colas, who's playing for them, was a top uh, prospect for them. Obviously, Luis Robert was a, a rookie of the year contender in 2020, but. Um, none of these guys have really fully established themselves as like the franchise guy. It feels like a lot of, uh, like a big mixed bag in my opinion. Um, and they got to figure that out. Yeah, they definitely do. Um, Alex turning over to another team. That's just, um, it, it's, it was an expected, you know, it was an expected result, uh, from what we're getting with the Oakland A's. Uh, they are six and 23. They have a, I believe it's like a negative 120 run differential, Alex. It's it's atrocious. We're we're looking at a team that, I mean, it might be a win this year if they can win 50 games. I mean, you, you can look at it and realistically say, will they win 50 games this year? I don't know. Uh, one, they're, they're allowing eight runs a game. Yeah, I mean, the, like going back to what the White Sox are doing, I mean, the, the hitting is is not good for Oakland. The pitching is not good for Oakland. So as a result, you're losing games by eight runs. Uh, you're just getting smoked by all your opponents. That makes Mark Kotze's job, the manager, a, a very tough thing to do every single day to get to the ballpark and, you know, hopefully put a team that can win the ball game that day uh, put a roster together that can win those ball games. But one thing I wanted to share, Alex, you know, over the last couple seasons, the, uh, the the A's have been notorious for just trading away their talent and just getting rid of all their high successful players, you know, trading them away for prospects, hoping those pros- prospects can evolve into productive players. So far, we have not seen any of that. But one thing I wanted to point out is right now the Oakland A's have six wins. If you look at the players that they've traded away since 2021, so the last two seasons, Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, Sean Murphy, Jesus Luzardo, AJ Puck, and Christian Pache. You look at those six players, that adds up to a six war those players are having this season, which is just, out, I mean, incredible to look at. Uh, that those six players were Oakland A's two years ago or last year with Christian Passe. And now if you add up all their wars, that's what the Oakland's win total is this year. So just a interesting little tidbit I wanted to look at when I was looking at their wins and looking at the players that used to be Oakland A's and the success they're having. Matt Chapman having one hell of a start. Matt Olson, the power is unbelievable. Uh, Sean Murphy as well. He, I mean, he's having a great start to his season as well. And then um, still looking back at that, just, an awful, awful trade. I would classify it the Jesus Lazardo for Starling Marte when you got two months of Starling Marte and they didn't even make the playoffs in 2021 and you gave up probably your number one starting pitcher for the future. Um, and Jesus Lazardo is off to a pretty decent start. So uh, just just not, not too many smart moves by the Oakland A's the last couple of years. And it's really showing right now. It's going to be putting them into a 
um, just a heavy rebuild. Uh, and, and some of the big news, I don't know if we shared it last week, but the owner did purchase uh, a large amount of acres in Las Vegas. So it's pretty safe to say that the Oakland A's are going to become the Las Vegas A's in the near future. We'll see when that's going to happen, but it's just going to be a very rough next couple of years for the Oakland A's and those fans. And not, not, not only they're losing, also they're losing their team uh, to most likely Las Vegas. But so far, Alex, what do you, what do you got to say about Oakland? Is this possibly one of the worst teams in, in your lifetime? Yeah, it's definitely a, a tragedy um, for any A's fans out there. It's not going well by any stretch of the imagination. You mentioned some of the really bad trades they've made. I do think that the Sean Murphy trade was especially bad. They, um, you know, they are sending their, you know, a, a potentially franchise catcher, a franchise all-star type catcher, and the return just felt lackluster. I also want to note that they traded in a really weird move to me, AJ Puck to Miami for JJ Blade. Uh, AJ Puck right now for Miami. Um, He's got a great ERA. Yeah, he has a. <laughs> I just had it right here, but JJ. I think he's closing games for Miami right now. JJ Blade um, is an outfielder. He's in AAA right now. He is hitting pretty well in AAA in a very offensive environment, um, being in a being in uh, the Pacific Coast League. Um, J.J. Bladé has not played a single at-bat for the MLB team this year. And then A.J. Puck is .75 ERA in 11 games, 12 innings pitched, 13 strikeouts, um, and only two walks. One run allowed. It was a home run. So really good uh, relief uh, appearances so far this year uh, in Miami for A.J. Puck. So... Uh, just another kind of trade on the fringes where J.J. Bleday might end up being a really impactful outfielder a few years from now. But um, and obviously it is a bit of a re- it's a, obviously a rebuild. They're focusing on future pieces over present day pieces. But, you know, A.J. Puck was pretty young. Um, he's in his uh, 20s still. And I, I'm just not exactly sure the overall philosophy of what's going on. I get I, I, I will say this. I'm always very pro when the team sticks to a game plan and their game plan is clearly focused on the future just get as much uh prospects as you can trade away star players and bring in you know minor league depth that can eventually evolve into mlb depth but the problem is travis i feel like they have not really gained that many top top level prospects the only one i think that was really notable in any of these trades i felt like christian pache he was one of the top prospects for the braves at the time of the trade he immediately immediately flopped with the team some people were saying he might be the worst hitter in baseball when he was an a (laughs) then they get rid of him and now he's doing uh significantly better he's still i would say there's still some big question marks with his offense but um defensively he's very solid in the outfield And I I believe he was even getting some reps, Alex, in the uh, 2021 World Series, uh, Christian Pache. And then you go ahead and trade him and, you know, you think, oh, you know, that's going to be a tough loss for, you know, Atlanta. He he was one of their top prospects. Now Oakland's got him. And then, of course, Atlanta just gets a guy named Michael Harris up and he has a spectacular 2022 and Pache just downfalls. And but like like you said, he's on the Phillies now. He has uh, half a war. He's being productive great defense the hitting of course uh it has its question marks but it just proves it right then and there you know what 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 is what is the development uh 
staff or what, what's going on with the development staff in Oakland that, that certain players are having success, you know, in other, in other organizations. And, and, and that being said, A's have always had a knack throughout our lifetime, Travis, of kind of making um, something out of some of these guys we've never heard of, or, you know, these guys who are in their late twenties and they just kind of have a career year all of a sudden, a little bit of kind of raise energy, but not, not quite to the same analytical level, I feel like, but there's just a sneakiness about their, their, breakout candidate sometimes um brett rooker on their team right now is hitting the ball very well um i have something more for to talk about him on uh later on so i'll save that for later but um looking at their at their six wins travis like you said they have only six wins so far this year five of them by one run yeah it's just really <laughs> like like it like there's a there's a very realistic universe where they have like two three wins like yeah. it's just like it, yeah. it could be it is really really bad it somehow could be worse um, but Travis, I don't want to pile on much longer. This is uh, they, they can't take it anymore. I don't think they can't. No, they can't. Um, what should we jump into next? Yeah, Travis. Um, a few topics I have written down here we can uh, speak on as well. A couple injuries around the MLB world. Robbie Ray is out for the season. I read. Um, I think it was an elbow injury, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, it's definitely going to be shutting him down. A key piece to the Mariners' rotation. The Mariners, a team obviously playoff aspirations i mean in their minds world series aspirations not having quite the start to the year that they wanted they are currently 12 and 16 um going into today uh their run differential is right at zero um per game so they're probably just slightly plus or minus um on the year and a pretty uh below average strength of schedule so you know, baseball reference has them as kind of an underperforming team right now. I do think that they have more in the tank and they can easily finish above 500. But I mean, 12 and 16 is not where they want to be at all. Julio's had a bit of a cooler start um, than, than, than what he was doing, you know, second half of the season last year. And, you know, there's some good pitching performances, but a lot of questionable ones, too. And then uh, considering a guy like Ray will be missing the rest of the year, Travis, how do you think that affects their kind of road to the playoffs and their their upside as a World Series contender? In their mind, that was their goal going into this year. And, and how do you think that's changed in the first month? It, Yeah, it's it's i think i think it's i think it's done and over with <laughs> really you're just gonna go out there and say it's over done i think it's done and over with yeah i i i don't know I, i'm just not seeing that same fight as we saw him last year uh i think other teams are just showing to be more aggressive uh i i do think texas is is showing that they can be for real uh, i'll cover them later you know i think we're gonna be talking about them a lot later on but with them battling key injuries they're still pulling together and having themselves a uh uh, you know, a spectacular start where, and also in Houston, they are going to, we know they're going to get a lot better. And also I think with the angels, I think we know they're going to get uh, back into more of a groove. I, I just, I think Seattle needed to get on a better start to just to really kind of show that they can still be a playoff threat. I, I think the league has gotten better. Um, I think Seattle, like we said in the, I think it was a couple of weeks ago in the early preseason podcast. I think we just thought that, you know, we're looking at them as like 88 wins. I think that uh, they're going to be below that. I still think they're going to be around 500. I just don't know if I can see them as being a playoff team right now. I just don't see. Uh, I just don't see that same team on the field right now. And so I, 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 I will say I, I, I'm a little bit concerned with them. Also looking at the Nat or the uh, American League East. Toronto, Baltimore, the Rays, you know, it's a stacked division. Minnesota Twins are playing really well in the Central and in the West. Right now you have 
Rangers, Astros, Angels, um, all above them right now. And I, I just it, it would be it'd be a very, very tough climb to see Seattle get back into it. Yeah, I agree that the American League wildcard race is going to be uh, competitive with just lots of teams in the mix. Therefore, will be hard to kind of leapfrog all of those teams like you mentioned. Travis, moving on here, more injuries to kind of cover. Judge and DeGrom both placed on the injured list. The best hitter of the game last year, the best pitcher probably of the last five years, um, both. Um, I mean, I would say that DeGrom was pitching very, very well when he was on the mound, but has already had kind of an injury blip to start the year and now an IL stint. Um, his team seems like they're weathering the storm just fine because they are playing well. But um, how do you think the DeGrom injury kind of affects the Texas's, Texas's season? Because in my thought, my, my thought is this. The reason you get a DeGrom is to increase your upside and what you can accomplish uh, you know, towards the end of the season into the playoffs. So if they can get there and he can be healthy at that right time, then things could go great. But definitely a bit of a lack of reliability thus far with him already getting pulled from two different starts um, combined with the fact that he missed a lot of spring training because of uh, some sort of arm tightness or injury. So just more and more kind of concern. It's almost like the human arm wasn't meant to throw 101 mile an hour that, that easily. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah. give me your thoughts on him. Yeah, um, we always mention Jacob DeGrom would have been perfect for a team. Um, a team like, you know, like the Braves, like like the Dodgers, or you know, a team that is almost certain to make the playoffs, where you can almost use Degrom, uh, you can use him very lightly in the regular season, and almost just save him for the postseason. Where the Rangers are a team that really needs to rely heavily on Degrom if they want to get to the postseason. Right now, it's not a good start. I, Alex, I, I'm 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 sure to bet it would probably not be his last injury of the season when he comes back. I feel like there's just going to be little things here and there might deal with something in July, might deal with something in late August or September. And that's just going to be kind of how this, how this season goes with Jacob deGrom. Uh, he's just been prone consistently to battle injuries throughout the year. Guys like Evaldi and Martin Perez, John Gray, Heaney. I think they can do a decent job at keeping this team somewhat afloat or near 500. But I feel like they need DeGrom if they really want to uh, make a strong push at a wild card uh, spot in in this year's American League. I, I just don't see them. I don't see them getting there with, uh, you know, those four guys I mentioned, Evaldi, Perez, Gray, and Heaney. Uh, I know they have guys that can also start like Dane Dunning, but he's really found his spot in the bullpen. Uh, Taylor Hearn, he's also been a starting pitcher, but not at all a, a valuable starting pitcher in the major leagues. So I think they do need to grum if they really want to make a strong playoff push in March because I, I, that's that's why they got him. I think they really just got him to be their, their ace of the rotation. And, and if he can't be there, then... I don't see this team uh, getting to be a 500 or above 500 team. You, you mentioned Dane Dunning really finding his spot in the bullpen. And my mind immediately thought, yeah, he has found his spot coming into the game after DeGrom gets pulled after 10 straight outs, no hits, um, but, but, but feels tight. So they have to put in Dunning and then, yeah. and then he kind of is able to hold the ship down. But uh, keep it rolling, Travis. Yankees, judge, injury, uh, injured list sliding into the bag had a really awkward slide yeah. he's usually a pretty coordinated guy um not not a pretty slide uh hopefully for him and for the yankees it's very minor but the yankees travis the problems don't really end there they've had a slew of injuries definitely 
Um, just not what you want to see if you're a Yankees fan. But um, looking at their baseball reference page here, I mean, so the their record at the moment is 15 and 14. So they're very much in the mix still. Baseball reference has them at a 68% chance to make the playoffs. So I'm not saying like they're, I'm not writing them off yet, but there are concerns like Stanton, injured list, Josh Donaldson, injured list, Aaron Judge, injured list, Loisaga, injured list. I mean, there's guys throughout this team um, that are struggling to stay healthy. I think like Canley, and there's guys that, there's guys they put in the 60 man or 60 day IL that aren't listed here, but I think there's lots of different, um, concerns just in regards to the team's depth at the moment without judge because yeah. th- there was a whole couple months there travis last year where i felt like judge was keeping the offense afloat um now with guys like donaldson judge hurt stanton hurt like um the the the, the others the guys who are still remaining um they really need to pick up the slack and i don't think they have been doing so in a in a great way oswaldo cabrera um, has been getting a lots of plate appearances. He's almost at 100 plate appearances, and he has a 44 OPS plus. Um, Volpe has been, you know, for a rookie, 90 OPS plus is not that bad, especially if you're playing middle infield at a decent defensive level. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to bag on him, but, you know, just a slightly below average production offensively there. Willie Calhoun, Travis, is one of the worst hitters in baseball <laughs> um, with a 237 average, 268 on base 263 slugging is yeah. some of the worst that you will find. Especially has, in Yankee Stadium, right? I mean, yeah. he should not have a slug that low. Yeah, a, a lefty, and he has uh, one, one double, no home runs, no triples, just nine hits in uh, 41 plate appearances. So not not great there. And he's playing DH yeah. for standing. Yeah. So it's like that is, you know, you, you want more than a 50 <laughs> OPS plus from your yeah. designated hitter. Your only job is to hit. But, but anyways, Travis, there's just lots of... To be concerned about, I'm just now seeing Aaron Hicks's oh, yeah, they've been slash him line. So much hate. his I, slugging yeah. percentage is 159. Yeah, Travis, I think you might be able to hit 159 yeah. at the pro level. Yeah, I mean, I, just, I I don't want to I don't want to hate on the uh, just get one solid hit and a gapper, and I'm already uh, I'm you, already I'm already better than Aaron Hicks. I right? think one gapper for the month of April, and you might be at 159 <laughs> slugging. So, um, if you if you put the wheels on, of that's course, right, that's you right. gotta get in your horse. Right. But but. Uh, I do think there's lots of question marks on this team uh, in regards to guys like Donaldson. Um, the, the batting is not really there. The health is not really there. Kind of Falefa, really poor offensive performance so far. So just lots of guys who, you know, you need a couple more guys to step up is what I'm trying to yes, say. Yeah. Rizzo's been doing his part. Glaber, pretty good. LeMahieu, pretty good. Judge was doing just, uh, you know, almost all-star level before his injury. So they have the pieces, but it just feels like if the injuries kind of keep going at this rate, they could end up in a stickier situation a couple months from now. If the Jays and the Rays can make some space in that division, all of a sudden Yankees are kind of looking eye to eye with teams like Texas, teams like uh, the Angels, maybe teams like maybe even Baltimore stays hot. Um, they might be looking eye to eye with other teams around 500 um, in the summer and be like, you know what? We think we're better than these guys. We we spend more money than these guys. We just gave Judge this huge deal. Cole's getting paid big. I mean, Cole's been great, but um, you know they might want to see a bit more production than they're getting. So, um, any other thoughts on the Yankees that I missed? Yeah, it's it's almost. I don't want to say it's almost time to hit the panic button, but it, I feel like if they don't get things straightened out by mid-May, they could be looking at a double-digit, you know, uh, 
games back mark when you look at the division I, I think right now that is just that is it's slipping day by day as the Rays keep winning games and the Yankees keep losing games you know you don't want to be looking at a 10 12 games back in your division for uh, the American League East and just how deep that this division is the Blue Jays are going to play great baseball the Orioles are just always going to be pesky they are going to be uh, a tough team to battle as the season progresses uh, they they need to figure some things out. They they almost have a White Sox problem. I, I'm seeing a lot of guys in their lineup with OPS pluses, you know, drastically below 100, which is the major league average. And then I'm looking at their bullpen, or I'm looking at their starting rotation. Garrett Cole, I mean, he's he's the only guy that's really being productive. He's on he's on another level right now. He is up there uh, being a top three Cy Young contender. And then you look at Cortez, Domingo, Herman, Clark Schmidt. I think it's is it Johnny Brito. Yeah, Yanni or Johnny Brito, but I mean, all four one of those of guys, <laughs> one of those, one of those names, but those four guys, I mean, it, it's just atrocious ERAs. And so right now they, they need to figure something out. Uh, the good news kind of is, is that hopefully in the next coming weeks, I, I would be looking at a, um, a return of Bader. Judge? No, not Bader. The lefty hitter, pitcher, pitcher, pitcher. He's on my fantasy, which is so sad. He's on. He was a giant. Oh, oh, Rodon. Rodon. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Rodon. You're on my fantasy. I just forgot your name. But I, you know, hopefully return of him. He can get things back into order. You can get a really He's needed. Nice, He's needed. You here. can get a really nice one two. him and Garrett Cole. That kind of gives some uh, that relieves some tension from some of these other guys like Cortez and Herman and Schmidt. But again, they they need to figure something out quickly. Uh, the hitting is just is is atrocious. I I can't believe that we're looking right now. It's May first, and the and the Yankees are a last place team in the American League East. A lot of surprises so far in twenty twenty three. I I will say, it's it's been a very interesting first month. But uh, Boone and these Yankees need to do something because I tell you what, if they don't make the playoffs, I mean, it's going to be a bad bad time to be uh, you know a New York Yankee, and I'm I'm sure. Uh, you know, the front office, Brian Cashman is not going to be uh, afraid to make some drastic moves, considering that in the last couple seasons, you know, they've always ended in these disappointing playoff, uh, you know, these playoff endings with, you know, the Astros eliminating them or them going, you know, toe to toe and going to game five with the Guardians last year. It just didn't feel right that they were struggling so much in the playoffs, but uh, changes need to be made. And so hopefully this team can get back on the track, because I, like I said, I think come mid-May, we could be having a tough discussion here if this team continues on this trend and the Rays continue on their trend. The division probably looks out of reach, and then you're looking at a wild card spot, which gets tricky because now you're looking at other divisions for help for certain teams to lose. It just gets a lot more muddy and all that. So they got to fix it. And I'm, I just finally found their uh, list of guys on the injured list. It's a list of, you know, it's a really good team. If you built a whole team out yeah. of their injured list, Bader. Uh, Harrison Bader, center fielder, obviously 10-day IL. Ben Rortvet, who was a catcher they got in the Gary Sanchez, uh, Josh Donaldson trade. He's in the 10-day IL. Josh Donaldson, IL. John Carlos Stanton, IL. Luis Severino, Jonathan Loizaga, Carlos Rodon, Lou Trevino, 60-day IL. Luis Gill, 60-day IL. Frankie Montas, 60-day IL. He's out for the season, I believe. Tommy Canley. Yes. 60-day IL, Scott Efros, uh, their reliever they got last year at the trade deadline who was very solid until getting 
injured. He's also on the 60-day IL. Might be out for the season. I'm not 100%. A lot of, lot of things that they're hoping for to turn around. And, you know, I think that they would love to uh, redo on the, the first part of the season just on a health standpoint. But... Um, this is this is the this is the the draw they were given, and they're gonna have to try to turn it around Definitely. from here, Travis. But um, one last little segment before we get into our uh, players of the month, our, our all MLB team of the month. Um, first, I'm gonna ask you about two different teams. One team that's doing quite well. One team that's doing quite poorly. Both of them probably a little bit of a surprise. First question of this two-parter. Are you buying the the Pirates hype? The Pirates, Travis, are off to a really special start to the year. A much better start than I think anyone would have predicted, even the most optimistic Pirates fans, Travis. They're a team who we all kind of knew, or at least we all kind of expected, rebuilding phase, you got young talent. It could be fun this year if O'Neill O'Neil Cruz goes off. It could be fun if Key Brian Hayes wins a gold glove. There's some promising things here, but I don't think anyone was quite expecting a 20-9 and record through 29 games. They played today, most likely. I'm not sure what that score. But, Travis, they are definitely overperforming all of our expectations, lots of fun hitters on their team. Connor Joe hitting well above average. McCutcheon, a bit of a rebound. Jack Sawinski has been mashing the ball. Um, also great discipline from him. Reynolds doing his thing. A um, lot to like all over the diamond, Travis. Carlos Santana, you know, they got a guy like Carlos Santana, Travis. I'm like, that's a smart pickup. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's going to be able to, you can flip him. You can, he can maybe have a good first half, flip him at the deadline, get a good prospect in return. No, Travis, they're going to try to make the playoffs this year. <laughs> they, right now, baseball reference is giving them a 34.9% chance to make the postseason. That will obviously go up and down over the coming weeks, but um, just lots of fun names on their team. And this is with an injury to O'Neill Cruz, not even helping the team out. G-Man Choi injured as well. Um, and they have this this sensation of, I think it's Drew Maggie, Maggie? Oh, yes. Magi? Yeah. I don't know how to say his name. But he was like, he's a 34-year-old who made his debut yesterday. Got a base hit. I mean, they cannot be stopped, it seems, at the moment, Travis. But tell me this. Are you buying the Pirates hype? Is this all a fluke? What is going on? Give me your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I, I would lean more on the fluke, but uh, it, it's exciting. It's cool to see that this team is just putting so much pressure on the National League Central and some of these other teams in the National League. Now, do I see this, you know, continuing, let's say, June 30th? Probably not. I, I, I think that they're just off to a really fun and, and, and hot start. Uh, we're getting production out of Brian Reynolds that we haven't really seen before. Uh, Jack Swinski, we're getting production out of him and Connor Joe, Andrew McCutcheon, uh, Rodolfo Castro. I mean, these names you really don't hear about, they're all being huge, huge contributors. And also Cabrian Hayes, not being a huge contributor when it comes to offense, but fielding. I mean, I mean, possibly one of the best defensive third basemen to start the year off right now. So it's really exciting to see. Also with the starting pitching, Alex, we're seeing Mitch Keller having himself kind of his first breakout season. Rich Hill is just constantly and continuously having good starts. 43 years I old. Mean, I mean, talk, talk about just a guy to get, and he's just posting a 4.18 ERA to start the season off. Vince Velasquez, we haven't seen a Vince Velasquez that's pitched this well ever. Um, you know, Ronzi Contreras, he's an up and comer, only 23 years old. The bullpen's doing outstanding. Bednar, 
Underwood Jr., uh, Jose Hernandez. All these guys are just having basically the opposite of a White Sox-Yankees first month. They're all on fire this month, and now we're seeing a 20-win start to the season for the Pittsburgh Pirates, um, which is just outstanding. Alex, I really wonder, you know, it's funny, in Vegas, you know, they they do offer, uh, you know, odds for who's going to be the first team to 20 wins in the American League, who's going to be the first team to 20 wins in the National League. I really want to know what that Pittsburgh Pirates odds right now because they would have you would have won that bet probably coming in at a nice like plus 20,000 or something like that. You probably could have put five bucks down and you're walking away with, I don't know, $8,000 or something like that. But I, I mean, it, it really is truly a, a, a special start. Um, do I see it lasting? I, I unfortunately don't just to be real. I just think that everything's just going too right right now for Pittsburgh for it to continue and for them to be, you know, this way in, in July or August. So what do you think on, on the Pirates right now? Yeah, I, I actually I do believe in them um, in many ways. I'm not sure I'm sold on them as like a division winner, as like a, like a genuine title threat to the you know World Series. Mm-hmm. But I do think they, if I had to guess, I would say that they're flirting with the wild card throughout the whole season. Um, they do have some blowout wins against some easier teams. They destroyed Colorado in a series. In a series against Colorado, Travis, they won two games with the score of 14 to three in both of wow. the games. Yeah. So 28. <laughs> 28 uh, to six in the, in a, in the two game span there. But, um, they also blew out the, uh, nationals recently, you know, um, they actually did very well against the Dodgers. Who's obviously a, a really competitive team, but they swept Cincinnati. So there's just some of these teams they're beating that are not the most competitive, which might be part of the reason why the run differential is quite big. Cause they're blowing out, um, some of these teams that are just more or less tanking. But I do think that there's too much, um, good offense here to just completely for all to completely go away. Yes, I think Sawinski will drop back a bit. I do think Reynolds might drop back a bit. Um, Connor Joe probably will drop back a bit. But I think that a lot of the overall trend is 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 indicative of something that's actually going going quite well for them. Um, I'm I, not, I, I can just hear their owner saying, "See, I really don't need to spend money to to have all these wins, right?" I mean, that, that's, that's I'm, I'm proving you guys all right are wrong. <laughs> that that's the problem, and and and, and, and it's the raise too on the other end. Yeah, it's just, it's yeah. just these these uh these poor owners are getting away with it. Or, I can be the Yankees and look at the Yankees. You know, they're 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 15 and 14. I'm I'm 20 and nine. So yeah, I guess we better take notes. <laughs> I I will say I, I be, yeah I I do think there'll be a bet where you know. Yankees will have a better record in August than the Pittsburgh Pirates, but like, like I mentioned, it, it's it's a cool it's a cool inspiring. You should, you start. should find a way to find a way to make that bet. I wonder what those odds would be. I mean, it's <laughs> it's definitely interesting. I mean, just looking at the at what I mentioned. Obviously, it's AL and NL, so it's a little bit different. But the Pirates' odds to make the postseason are right around thirty five. And if I look at the Yankees, and this is according to Baseball Reference, and the Yankees' odds to make the postseason are sixty eight so uh, percent. So much more uh credence to the yankees as, as a legitimate team um by by some of these metrics but um yeah the the, the win-loss record uh, cannot be denied in the case of the pittsburgh pirates to start the year travis second part of that question was a team that's underperforming in a big way tell me about your thoughts on the st louis uh, cardinals i think you might have known <laughs> what direction i was going with that yes. but they are just having um an incredibly rocky start to their season um, a 10 and 19 start after how good they looked last year. Um, it feels like they've not been the same since they flamed out against the Phillies in the first round last year. Um, their odds to make the postseason still almost 40% according to baseball reference. I'm not sure I'm quite on board with that. I think the regressions by Arenado 
um, in particular are like, I mean, he, he's 67 OPS plus. He's not actually that bad. Yeah. But I do think that what we saw last year was like a way too positive look at things. And now we're seeing a way too negative look of what he can do. So in reality, he's going to be somewhere in the middle. But yeah, I think that, you know, Brandon Donovan being an, about an average hitter, um, Arenado being, you know, not not having an amazing year. Um, Carlson below average. Walker was a uh, Jordan Walker, Travis, their rookie of the year kind of contender, sent him back down. I don't know if I agree with that completely because he still was hitting the ball pretty solid. Um, great, great exit velo, but kept hitting it on the ground. I think he needs to make those adjustments at the big league level. Maybe they're sending him down to work on that kind of launch angle stuff in the minors. I, 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 the Cardinals, Travis, they've kind of earned the respect for me to trust their process when it comes to hitting at least. Um, but the pitching, Travis, just more question marks there, you know. Um, there's some ERAs that aren't terrible. You know, Montgomery, I actually am somewhat high on. Um, but Flaherty is someone who, despite the ERA below four, I do think that he is just ready for a meltdown. Um, the FIP is very terrible. Um, and then the, the, the rest of the starting pitching depth, Travis just falls off a cliff. Nothing too impressive. Um, the pen, there is some stuff to like, but overall lots of inconsistency across the board, across the whole team in my mind, Travis, um, Goldschmidt is kind of doing his part. And in my mind, that's just like almost it, right? Like Wilson Contreras is solid. Edmonds hitting the ball well, but I do think that's going to fall back. Um, and besides that, you know, it, it's it feels it feels like it's maybe just Goldschmidt and and, uh, and Gorman, and I do think Newbar is a good hitter too. So there's there's things to like, and that's why I'm not like completely completely selling all my Cardinals stock. But I was low on them going into the year, and I feel like taking a little bit of a victory lap. So um, give me your thoughts. They uh, yeah, they're a very confusing team because, like you mentioned, I, I just I I I know that Arenado will come back to earth, and you know post an OPS plus that's going to be above a 100 or at least above like a 125 Dylan Carlson um I know he can be somewhat better than that what we're getting right now uh you know even even Tyler O'Neill we've seen you know superstar level from this guy but it, it's just very interesting to see some of these guys on just the the starts they're on Brennan Donovan I think he could do a little bit better uh, and then when it comes to the pitching I I just don't I don't know where to lean on that. It's it's Jordan Montgomery who's doing a good job. Everyone else is just it's it's not it's not good. And and I think that the discussions need to be had right now or in the next coming weeks on what are we going to move to get better starting pitching pieces out there. What is available? Uh, what 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 are we going to be looking at? Are we looking at more bullpen help? Are we looking at more starting pitching help? The bullpen's just not good right now. Uh, and like I mentioned, the starting pitching is not good. So they they really have to get on to the uh, they, they have to start looking at the trade market right about now, I think, because um, like I mentioned, you know, come come mid-May for some of these teams, if, if moves are not made, they're going to be looking at a really uh, sticky situation in getting back into a playoff chase, a playoff hunt, uh, and even some of these teams getting back into a division uh, hunt because a, a lot of, a lot of their teams are playing well and you know teams like the Cubs and the Brewers they're going to be playing great baseball come July come August and if Cardinals can't make some strong moves then they're looking at a tough situation and I know not making the playoffs with this roster is going to be just a, a a huge letdown for this season uh, it's something that I think is is unacceptable probably for that front office is when you look at how much money has been put into this team and how much talent is on this roster you know 
it's it's unacceptable to not make the playoffs. So I think that right now you, you got to start looking uh, elsewhere for 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 the resources in in terms of starting pitching and for bullpen help. So that those are those are two areas I would really look at them to be fixing. Also, another guy who's standing out to me, Travis uh, Juan Yepes. He is on the forty man roster, but they sent him down to the minor leagues recently. He did have a nine seventeen OPS through 12 at-bats, 12 plate appearances at the big league level this season. He also hit the ball decently last year. He had a big home run in the playoffs last year. Um, I don't think he's like their future, but he is a good hitter, a right-handed bat. Um, he definitely has a role in the big league team if they are trying to win now. And obviously, obviously, they're trying to win now just based on the money they've spent on the offense, even though I still feel like there was a lot of room to improve the rotation in the offseason that they, they didn't really... They kind of failed to address that, but um, just looking at some of the guys, like I said, like Juan Yepes, he's someone who could be helping. I'm not sure why he's in the minors. You know, yep. Jordan Walker, I feel like he should be in the big league team because um, instead you're playing, playing a guy like Carlson or a guy like O'Neal who are also just struggling, um, you know, just, just kind of lots of guys struggling all over the place. And it, it, it definitely leaves lots of questions for Cardinals fans. I know it's been one of the more painful starts to any Cardinals season in recent memory because they're just con- they just continue to succeed, right? But this year not off to a very good start. Um I'm not going to completely write them off. Um I don't want to get in trouble and get burned if they just get have a hot <laughs> maybe they have a hot June at some yeah. point and just, you know, get back. And that's totally totally possible, of course. You know, they're they're playing uh, a particular team uh this coming series and I I just, you know, they're they're the kind of team that could get hot against a uh a, an angels club you know i mean if, if we look back at the phillies team last year travis that had an amazing second half that kind of got triggered when they swept the angels uh in philadelphia yep. fired their manager and all of a sudden became a world series we, we tend to jumpstart uh or yes you know, kickstart some of these uh some of these teams into a uh, winning mode so cardinal fans um if you sweep the angels you know i think that might just bring some good juju your way but go to I, vegas and put a national league pennant Ticket on the St. Louis Cardinals right then and there. Hundred bucks. We'll reimburse you. We, we will not. We will not. Um, Travis, that wraps up all the little talking segments that I had in uh, in mind for today. Let's get into our 2023 April team of almost a team of the year. What, what are we calling this, Travis? All MLB our, April edition. All MLB April team. We're gonna go through all the positions as well as DH five starting pitchers a closing pitcher, and then a player of the month. Did I get all that? All that. All that, Alex. Catcher, who will be starting us first, Travis? I can get us started. Um, Alex, I'm going to say and point out, it it is a surprising all MLB team in my, oh, in, in my mind. I mean, I, that's I, how the first month goes. It's, I, I it's some wild card names. Like I, I was expecting um, some common names that I've you know said in the past. It, th- there's a lot of guys that I, I am... I am it's just shell shocked. It is fun. You know, it's you're fun. right. It's 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 fun to reward some of these guys that have been off to a really good start. But starting for catcher, Alex, uh, I went ahead and started with Jonah Heim. Uh, he has the best OPS plus out of all catchers in Major League Baseball. Um, some of the best power numbers so far. Still posting a 303 batting average, a 592 slug. He's almost at a 1,000 OPS. He's at a 978. Um, I, the, the the popular pick was Adley. I, I I was I was not even gonna look at anyone else. I was gonna pencil in Adley for my all MLB catcher. But it's funny when you kind of do your research and you look at it and you're saying, wow. I mean Jonah Heim. I mean what a start he's been off to. I think Adley just stole the show the first week when I think he was not. He, 
no one was able to get him out in the first two games. I think he was like six for six or something like that. But Jonah Heim has had himself quite a month and has really helped this Rangers offense uh, be where they are today. I mean, they are a first place team and Jonah Heim, I think, is a big reason for that. So Jonah Heim is my catcher. Alex, give me yours. We agree. We both are going with Jonah Heim for our catcher for the month of April. Uh, there are other guys who I think deserve a look. I think Rushman, like you mentioned, has a lot of good things going for him. Rushman has a crazy walk percentage to strikeout percentage kind of split there. He's walking 17% of the time and only striking out 13% of the time. You don't see that from a catcher very often, no. let alone a switch hitting catcher who can hit for contact and power with good discipline. Adley, I still believe, is the full package. But in terms of this month, Travis, Jonah Heim has been the complete package. Also a switch hitter. Also good at avoiding strikeouts and getting walks. I mean, he's really had a complete plate approach. Um, the best WRC plus in baseball for catchers so far. Also the most fan graphs war. Uh, a good defender. He's always had good framing numbers and some of the best offense at the position so far. Sean Murphy, also a great start to the year. Yes. Um, William Contreras, actually Travis for the Brewers. I've seen some really impressive numbers. I don't know what the Brewers are doing over there with the coaching staff, but they somehow, if you look at last year to this year, William Contreras took a huge, huge positive jump in terms of better pop time and better framing numbers. I don't know what their catcher coach guru is teaching him, but his bat is still pretty solid like it was last year maybe dropped a bit of pop but still hitting you know 295 with a 382 on base and he's a positive defensive catcher by a large margin whereas last year he was like a dh catcher because he really didn't have a great glove back there so um lots of fun catcher storylines travis to start the year but we agree haim has to be the guy moving on to first base travis how about i start us off this time there's a couple candidates here as well it was a little tough for me uh, to make a decision of how I wanted to approach this. Um, I'll, before, before I explain, I'll just say who my pick was. I'm going with Yandy Diaz um, of the Rays. He's had a great start to the year. But there are other guys in the conversation, so tell me who you picked, and then we'll talk. We agree. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so I'll highlight Yandy real quick. 319 average, 420 on base, 585 slugging percentage. He is walking over 13% of the time, striking out just 14% of the time. So a, a complete hitter in terms of, you know, a good eye. He makes contact a lot of the time, and he's been hitting the ball very hard. Seven home runs throughout the year thus far. A 185 WRC plus that is leading all first basemen. Goldschmidt slightly edges him out in war by Fangraphs metrics just because a slightly better defense. I think Yandi, um, not the best defender, but I think the bat speaks for itself. Travis, he has always hit the ball very hard. I, I, I usually get him on waivers in fantasy in the middle of the season when I have a third baseman injury or a first baseman injury because he's always hit the ball very hard and had a very good eye. But his biggest problem, especially last year, Every ball he hit was a grounder. He lacked the home run power. Just hard hit liners and ground balls. This year, he found a way to elevate. He had like six home runs in the first couple of weeks. Um, and, and so, I, Travis, I somehow snagged him on waivers um, in our fantasy I league. I saw that, yeah. It's, it's, really, it's really crazy how he got um, hot so fast. And I was able to get one of the best bats in baseball for the first month. 
undrafted. And that's how fantasy baseball goes. Um, for those of you that play, um, you can get some sneaky stuff off the waivers. But Travis, uh, you, what was your reasoning for him? You don't win on draft night. You win that's throughout correct. the season. <laughs> you got you got you got you got to fill in injuries um, and and make adjustments that way. I can't and so, tell you how many pickups have gone greatly wrong or or spectacularly so and, and, and sometimes you draft a guy travis and he just does absolutely nothing for you and you're like it's, yeah. t- it's time to cut you loose buddy I, yandy's yandy's calling my name on the waivers yeah, yeah. And, and you're looking at yandy i was uh i was looking in I, I know he played a lot of third base in his career so looking at the amount of games he's played at first base 24 games at first base out of 26 so he's played yes. uh you know a great majority of his games so far at first play is first base uh, seven home runs, you know, the OPS above 1000, the OPS plus above a 185. Those are all just insanely good telling signs that, um, he's off to, you know, a career start for his, uh, for his 2023 campaign. So it, it was an easy choice for that. Alex, the biggest question was, did he play enough games at first base and looking at those numbers, you know, there's no doubt about it, but moving on to the second base spot, Alex, um, I went with the guy that actually I did draft on uh, on draft night for fantasy, and that, really? that is going to be Luis Arias. Um, he has posted a 1.7 WAR so far, Alex. He's kind of been a freak of nature so far through the month of April. He's batting 438. He is uh, in the Ted Williams territory. He's got an on base of 500, which of course leads all of MLB. The batting average leads all of MLB too. He also has the most hits in in Major League Baseball. A 551 slug, so he still is, you know, hitting decent amount of extra base hits. He has five doubles, one triple, and one home run. I know we don't really know him as a home run hitter, but uh, the doubles, he definitely is gapping a lot of pitches. An OPS of 1051. So, I mean, that's spectacular in itself. And then an OPS plus of 190. He right now currently leads all hitters in the National League with an OPS plus of 190. That is just, I mean, that to me is one of the biggest surprises so far out of the first month of Luis Arias. He is He's had himself a spectacular start. I will say, I think this trade between the Twins and the Marlins is is really dead even because Pablo Lopez is being great for the Twins and Luis Arias is being great for the, for the Marlins. So it is so far a pretty fair trade, I would say, but he is my second baseman so far for all MLB. Alex, what do you got for your second base spot? Oddly enough, Travis, I also picked a second baseman that I drafted on our fantasy draft <laughs> night. Um, I so am you're saying it's different. I am going with uh, I drafted him too. No, <laughs> I am going with Brandon Lau. It, it is definitely not the most conventional pick. He is batting 233 right now, which is the polar opposite of Luis Arise, literally 200 points lower in batting average. I just am personally factoring into my decision here. I'm, I'm really uh, factoring in what I think is is kind of fluky and what is sustainable. I do think that Luis Arise, he currently has a 452 uh, BABIP batting average on balls in play. Um, that just tells me that, you know, he's making obviously contact at an insane rate. He's uh, avoiding strikeouts like crazy. He is doing everything he can to put the ball in play. And he's done a great job of doing that. But the ball is simply just going where the defenders aren't. It's not like he's doing a great job of like beating the shift or like hitting the ball. Um, you know, at, at a great at a great launch angle, it's really kind of all about, um, you know, for lack of a better word, just luck of where the ball is landing. So I, I personally, uh, if Charles, if I were you, I would be trying to sell high on Luis Arise. Definitely, if he's your best second base option, you ride that out. Um, 
if you don't have a good a good kind of guy to, to swap in. But I just personally think that there will be regression. Obviously, I mean, it's obviously the numbers are going to come down because oh, no, a, they're, a, they're not. anyone's numbers for that high are going to come down. But I just think him in specific, um, there's just a lot of um, batted ball luck in terms of where the balls are bouncing. Whereas Brandon Lau, Travis, his batting average on balls in play is 271 so that tells me that there might even be some room for improvement on some of these numbers but um what i do like about loud travis he has hit seven home runs that leads second baseman um he overall has had a pretty good um discipline at the plate a walking over 13 percent of the time does strike out quite a bit more than arise they're very polar opposite in that way but a 141 WRC plus for Lau. Um, it feels quite sustainable in my opinion. Um, and also just uh, a, a one Fangraphs war, which is only behind a couple guys. Charles, I think there's other guys that were kind of in this conversation as well. Marcus Semyon also has five home runs and a 1.4 Fangraphs war because of his really good defense. Uh, Arise and Lau, both not known for their defense, the guys that we picked um and and there's just other guys in this kind of mix too uh, jeff mcneil has a 141 wrc plus nolan gorman plays some second base and he's been hitting the ball well but um i i completely understand your pick and i knew that my pick would be very unconventional but i'm simply rocking with the guy who i think um i i feel i feel like i can trust his bat more than i can trust a rise in terms of um i guess just you know, I, I hate I hate calling a guy lucky, but I just feel like there's um, room for growth for Lau, and there's certain regression for a rise. That's just kind of where I'm coming from. But okay. but um, we can keep it rolling, Travis. Um, we can do shortstop and third base now. Um, do you want to go first or should I? Sounds good. I'll start with the left side. Um, one guy I definitely knew was going to be my selection. The other guy I did not think at all was going to be my selection. But uh, left side, we will continue shortstop alex i went with jorge mateo of the baltimore orioles and third base i went with matt chapman no surprise um i guess i'll start with jorge mateo since i think matt chapman kind of speaks for himself um a 1.7 war for jorge mateo he is posting a 347 batting average which is spectacular a 395 on base so it doesn't walk uh, a whole ton uh, the slug is one of the biggest thing that's so surprising. It's a 667 slugging percentage. That's a 1062 OPS with, again, just like Arias, a 190 OPS plus. The one thing about Mateo is he has just unbelievable speed. That's what's really going to help him out. He is able to beat out infield singles, infield base hits. Um, he is posting right now at 10 stolen bases so far on the campaign. We're probably looking at 30 to 40 stolen bases if he stays healthy throughout the season, which is really going to help him out in the war category. Um, just a guy that's getting on base for this Orioles uh, offense and is scoring a lot. 21 runs so far on the season. Already 17 RBIs as well. He, he just, I think he's having a... a well, I will say an unexpected first month of the season. I don't think anyone really would think he was going to be this hot, but um, he's being, you know, he, he's basically everything the Orioles wanted him to pan out to be, and he, he's turning out to be that way. So um, I got to give him credit. He is off to an unbelievable start. Do I think it's going to go down as the months go on? Of course. I think there's other shortstops out there that will keep posting 
those consistent same numbers. Guys like Xander Bogarts is off to a very good start. I think those numbers will continue. Um, and then going over to the third base spot, Alex, I mean, Matt Chapman, the only player in Major League Baseball with a two war. Um, the OPS numbers are out of this world. The slugging was just unbelievable this month. Uh, he took home an AL player of the week, one of the one of the weeks, but um, he really has been one of the most productive players in Major League Baseball. The defense is spectacular at third base. The offense is off to, you know, a career start. I mean, he has 15 doubles already this season, uh, you know, you're looking at the last two seasons, 2021 in Oakland, he only had 15 doubles in 151 games. Last year in Toronto, 155 games, 27 doubles. You know, already at 15 doubles right now in 27 games. I mean, he's probably looking at a close to, uh, he'll have a career year in doubles most likely. Home runs is also off to a really good start, five home runs. And then all the percentage stats are, you know, again, unbelievable. 219 OPS plus. Those are my two guys for the left side, Alex. Who do you got? Somehow, both guys are different, <laughs> believe it or not. And, oh, no. and, and you might be a little concerned um, already. Oh, no, 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 but, no. But, Travis, so I, I am, I'll, I'll be honest, I am pretty jealous of your Mateo pick. He was not on my radar. Um, I picked a guy who does have 40 more plate appearances in Xander Bogarts. The production overall for Mateo on a rate basis is uh, definitely better. Um, and, and obviously, Mateo has the speed component that is really great. Uh, he's a better. He's got a great contact component to his game. I think some of the power might come back from Mateo, but obviously having a great start to his year. Um, I went with went with Xander Bogarts. Um, Xander Bogarts definitely has a track record, Travis, of being a top level shortstop. He has continued with that this year so far. A 153 WRC plus. It's pretty much at the top of the position, right next to guys like Wander Franco um, and Bo Bichette. Um, Tyro Estrada actually up there in some of these lists too, but I, I kind of am writing him off because of a really high BABIP there. Um, not a lot of walks either, but I, I'm going with Xander for, you know, a good contact approach with still six home runs and a good walk percentage. So I feel like he is hitting the ball well while also having a good eye at the plate and some of the best defense of his career by Fangraph's defensive metric. He actually does lead shortstops in their defensive stat with a 3.9, and that is uh, amongst qualified shortstops. So um, he leads shortstops in Fangraph's war at 1.7. Um, so I'm still happy with that pick. Travis, I'll be honest, I was kind of sleeping on Xander going into the year. I think that um, his power kind of took a dip last year, and that was in Fenway, with somewhere where he should be a doubles machine off that wall. And then going to a place like San Diego, a little bit more pitcher friendly, uh, he he has not cared so far. He is still hitting the ball great, seeing the ball great in the new uniform. So Xander, great start to the great uh, first month. He's my pick. Third base, Travis, I completely agree that I might be out of my mind because Matt <laughs> Matt Chapman is hitting the ball like crazy. I went a different direction, though. I am going. I'm happy you went with this guy. Do you know who I picked? I know who you picked. Yeah. I'm going with Max Muncy, Travis. <laughs> he um, is, I believe, leading baseball with home runs still. Yes. He does have 11 home runs at the moment to Chapman's five. Um, Muncy Travis, he has just some of the most mind boggling, uh, offensive stats right now. He currently is walking 21.4% of his at bats one over one in every five at bat. He is getting a walk. That is a truly special kind of landmark to be at. He is, I think tied with Juan Soto for best walk percentage amongst all hitters in MLB. Um, that is, that is something I absolutely love to see. 
Um, his current average, Travis, batting average, 238. Not what you want to see, but the on base is still over 400 despite that, with a slugging up at 663. He's good for a 180 WRC plus and a 1.3 Fangraphs war. Those numbers, Travis, are pretty much all worse than Matt Chapman's. But the reason why I went Muncie over Chapman, Travis, um, it's the exact same story as our kind of Lau versus Arise. Um, Chapman has more power than Arise for sure. But the thing with um, Chapman is he still is getting tons of luck with the balls in play. Max Muncie, Travis, has actually gotten quite unlucky with his balls in play. He is somehow, somehow he is one of the best hitters in baseball right now. Even though his batting average on balls in play, his BABIP is uh, 0.195. So, I mean, the fact that his average is at a 238 with a BABIP that low, it tells me that I can see his average kind of climbing up to like a 250 range. And then I think the on base and slugging, um, the slugging will come down a bit. But I do think that like what he's doing right now. It actually does feel like it's kind of legit. And most of these first month breakout performances, we usually kind of say, oh, like, you know, we expect them to come back down to earth, right? Like that's just kind of built, that's a built-in assumption when we're making these picks that like these guys are having great months, but they're all a little bit too hot and they're going to come down a bit. I feel like honestly, Travis Muncy, I think he might be able to keep this up. I don't know about being the home run leader, but I think like a 180 WRC plus, like a 180 OPS plus. It's a bit high, but I don't think it's out of the question. I think he could definitely end the season with like a top 10 OPS plus, like a top 10 MVP vote getter. I really think, I mean, I'm just in love with with what he's doing at the plate in terms of his discipline and still um, the crazy power. I mean, leading leading baseball in home runs and tied for leading in walk percentage. That's kind of my dream, uh, dream hitter, Travis. You know that. Um, so it is an unconventional pick. Um, for whatever reason, Fangraphs does not love Chapman's defense so far this year. I don't know about that. It's a small sample size, so that definitely could just bounce back positive for him. But um, yeah, overall, I am going with a questionable, but a pick I'm happy with in Max Muncy. I will say when we moved on, if I if you would have went Chapman, I would have paused to give props to Muncy. I would have said I would have paused because Max Muncy is the kind of guy that always gets hurt. Whenever we do these things, because he plays second base, he plays first base, he plays third base. So he's like the super utility guy. He, he he's the he's the dream utility guy yes. for this team. If yes. if, yeah. if we if we had a bench for this team, in any season of the last three years, you'd want him on the bench because yeah. he's a lefty bat that can play all the infield spots. So yes, yeah. um, he definitely deserves the credit, and he's played every single game third base, yes. nowhere else. So yeah. I, I'm like I can't call him a second baseman. I can't do it. He's gonna be my he's gonna be my third baseman. He, I have to do it. And I think in 2021, when he was having again, he was a top 10 MVP uh, vote getter. Uh, he had some incredible months. And every time me and Alex did this, there was always somebody better at the second base spot, or somebody better at the first base spot, or third base spot. Well, Justin Turner is playing first base, but he was usually playing that right side of the infield, and it, it just felt. It, I think we we had an honorable mention after every single uh, all MLB team of that month. And it was always like Max Muncy is our honorable mention because we just feel so bad. We cannot give him a spot, but no, I'm glad you highlighted him. Alex, uh, the home runs are, uh, are, are pretty crazy uh, with what he's been able to do. I mean, I think it was that white Sox series. I'm sorry, the Chicago Cubs series. Um, also the giant series that he went off on, but um, yeah, that, that rounds out our infield. Uh, we'll now move to the outfield. Alex, I'll give you my three outfielders that I have for this month's all MLB team. 
So it's going to start off with, of course, the guy we kind of highlighted last week. Um, actually, two of the guys we highlighted last week, Alex. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and be putting Brandon Marsh, Jared Kelnick, and Roland Acuna Jr. in my outfield for the all MLB. Um, I'll basically start off with Marsh. Uh, you know, he has been leading uh, Major League Baseball, the NL, but also Major League Baseball in a lot of just impressive hitting stats. Um, he has come down a little bit. But, uh, you know, currently leads uh, right now leads MLB in triples with four also has four home runs, seven doubles. But the numbers were pretty incredible for the first three, three and a half weeks of, of April. Um, right now, he's got a 330 batting average a 418 on base, a 647 slugging percentage. That's a 1065 OPS and, and a 189 OPS plus, I think it's top five OPS plus in Major League Baseball. So I got to give props to him for what he's been able to do. Uh, it's it's really special. I know he plays really good defense as well. So that's why I, I wanted to make sure I was uh, I was giving him some props. But going over to let's do Ronald Acuna Jr. Ronald Acuna Jr. You know, honestly, some of the numbers aren't that you know impressive when you look at some of these other great outfielders. But the 1.7 WAR is something I really like to see. Also, 13 stolen bases so far. I mean, he's a guy that the home runs have not been very good so far. Only four. But if he can pick pick it up a bit, you know, we're looking at a guy that you know realistically will can have a 30-30 season, possibly even a 40-40 season. Um, one thing I really do like Alex and, and you'll probably like it as well. He is walking a lot more this year, a 440 on base, um, he, a pretty dead, even strikeout to walk ratio, 16 walks to 18 strikeouts. So the strikeouts have, um, very much cut, been cut down. And then the walks of course have been going up and we know with Ronald Acuna jr. His biggest asset is his speed as long as, as well as his power, but his speed is one thing that makes him so special. So getting on base for him, that just gives him more opportunities to steal bags, get in scoring position for his teammates, for him to hit, for them to hit him in. Um, and then of course the slugging percentage, even though it's been kind of a down start of the year, he's still at a 546 slug. Um, and an OPS almost of 1000 at a 986. But I feel like I had to include Acuna with the war and also with the stolen bases. I just feel like the other numbers are going to get there. Um, it's just impressive to see some of these other numbers like the on base, the walks, the stolen bases off to a really good start. Um, and then Jared Kelnick, Alex, we talked about him last week. I know I cut him when we went over our kind of uh, our little, uh, you know, exercise. But I mean, I can't really ignore the just the power of the start of the season that he's been on. Um, and then also with the 1.3 war, it was actually funny. I was looking at him and Altman and I was like, I just, I just didn't know who to go with. They both had the same war. Um, I think Kelnick had the better, he did have the better OPS plus. Um, that was just really impressive. I think he had slightly over home runs as well and a better batting average. He just had, he had a better hitting line than, uh, than James Altman. So I went with Kelnick. I've really liked what he's been able to do this year. Um, and I had to give him props first month uh, of the season. So that's my outfield. Uh, who do you got? Yeah, Travis, some similarities and some differences as always. Um, starting off, I am also going with Ronald Acuna Jr. He's someone who, in my opinion, needs to be here. I like that you included him. 166 WRC plus. He's hitting the ball very well. Definitely a batting average is, is going to come down quite a bit. 352 is unsustainably high for him. Uh, but the 13 steals is very impressive, like you said. Um, I'm not sure if he's leading baseball, but he's definitely leading MLB outfielders as far as I can see. Um, a really good Fangraphs war, just like you said with the baseball reference war. He's at a 1.6 Fangraphs war. It leads outfielders. 
Um, my next pick here, Travis, is going to be just like you, Jared Kelnick. Um, he has had a great start to the year, a 173 WRC plus as an outfielder. Very, very good start to his year. Um, a bit more of a strikeout guy than uh, than Acuna has been, but overall the seven home runs is a really big deal. Still stealing five bags is is going to help the the overall value as well. And the one thing about him that I'm really digging is I think his quality of contact, how hard he's hitting the ball at a good launch angle, is definitely a completely changed player from last year in my mind, or from pretty much all years past in my mind. He uh, has an expected WOBA, which is weighted on base average. It just pretty much tells you uh, how do you expect them to hit based on how they're how hard they're hitting the ball. Um, it's above his actual numbers. So just to make it simple, um, I expect what he's doing to pretty much continue. Um, as crazy as that sounds, he uh, is hitting the ball great, but the results um, are not some sort of fluke, at least in my estimation. So I, I am, I am um, surprisingly high on Kelnick Travis. If you told me, if you told me yeah. in the off season you're going to be high on Kelnick a month in to continue being an all star, I'd be like, wow, that must be a pretty big change in his uh, in his approach. I actually saw a quote from him, Travis, or it might have been from a, a, a reporter for the Mariners. It was actually a really heartwarming story in my mind. I guess after the loss in the in the playoffs last year before going home he went back to seattle and he met with like one of the hitting coaches that he used to work with and they worked on some things um i think he wasn't even like swinging they were just like looking at this swing and making some tweaks and they were kind of analyzing some stuff and then the first time he went to the plate and like tried out the new swing he said he immediately knew the same things were going to be different. Hmm. And that's kind of like a chills kind of story. Yeah. If it ends up being the career turnaround that it might end up being, um, what a special kind of moment for him to kind of be able to flip that switch and, you know, make, I mean, he was, Travis, he was a top like two prospect in baseball a couple years back. Um, it would have been a really sad bust story, but um, doing great so far. So big shout outs to Kelnick. And then Travis, my last pick is going to be Mike Trout. Um, a 170 WRC plus is like top five amongst outfielders. He is playing pretty solid defense, at least about average defense in center field. And yeah, Travis, I am just a fan of what he's bringing to the table. Mm -hmm. He is currently hitting 308, 395 on base, 589 slugging, a seven home runs on the year. That seems like it's pretty much tied. There's about like seven or eight outfielders with seven home runs. So Trout's in that mix with the lead. Um, Muncy's just alone. <laughs> yeah, in, ter in terms of all players, Muncy is, is up there at the top. Um, I think a couple guys might have 10. Um, but outfielders, Trout, it seems like he's tired for the lead with home runs. Um, doing a good job of walking a lot, Travis. Uh, he always has had that kind of skill in his game, but last year the walks kind of dropped a bit. Last couple years, I feel like he's been more focused on crushing the ball, which has been evident in the home run totals, but he kind of lost some discipline for it. Um, I do feel like some of that discipline might be coming back a little bit here, but overall, Travis, Trout is someone who I picked because um, – there's never been someone who I can trust more to kind of maintain elite consistency, right? Um, he he currently is putting up like, you know, top three, top five um, offensive numbers for outfielders. And I do think that um, out of everyone here, I can trust him the most to kind of maintain the level of production. So that's what makes me get have extra confidence and give him kind of a tiebreaker over some of these other guys like Outman, who's hitting the ball very well, like Marsh, who's hitting the ball very well. But I do think Marsh is going to you know, start to see some slippage here, whereas Trout, 
um, I do expect to maintain. And, and I get maybe some listeners at home might kind of disagree with my approach of kind of, you know, projecting what's going to happen in the future versus just what happened in April only. But I really do think it matters in my, for me at least, for when I'm making my picks, I want to kind of care about, you know, how well are you hitting the ball? How well are you um, running the bases? I don't really just care about, you know, essentially like a robbed home run in my mind is a better outcome than, you know, uh, a grounder that the goes between the first baseman and the third baseman and they can't make the play, you know, and you, you can beat it out for a single, you know, I'll kind of take the better uh, batted ball because I know in the long run it'll lead to kind of better results. But that's my little ramble, Travis. Um, that's my outfield. Our only real difference is Trout versus Marsh. I think that's a pretty fine difference to have. Both guys are kind of playing great. Um, any other thoughts on those two or just anyone else in this? Out- I mean, Travis, there's a lot of yeah. outfielders that are really fun. Um, Corbin Carroll is someone who I didn't really think about putting him, but 10 stolen bases um, with the 144 WRC plus he's hitting the ball. Great. And running the bag is great. I mean, there's lots of fun names in this mix. There is. Yeah. I mean, even looking at some of the home run leaders, um, you know, we're looking at out- other outfielders, you know, Adoles Garcia, uh, Adoles Garcia, eight home runs, mm. uh, you know, Cody Bellinger, seven. He's been on, uh, he's, he's resurging as, you know, not 2019 form like we always mentioned, but I mean he is having a very productive start. Cubs will take 2017 Bellinger they, if they can. Yeah, <laughs> they they definitely will. Um, and then of course, like you mentioned, there's about it looks like there's 50 guys with seven home runs on this season right now. But uh, you know, Outman, Buxton, Gallo, Teoscar Hernandez, Kelnick, Arozarena, uh, tons of names you could. Look Renfro at for, has seven. Renfro has seven. Just so many names to look at that are all tied with the home runs right now but um that wraps up the whole the the outfielders alex let's get into the dh uh i guess i'll start first with the dh spot it 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 was a uh it's an interesting one alex and it's it's i think we have the same guy i will say it's the only bright spot for the oakland a's right now um brent rooker uh he he's played some outfield but he also has played half his games at dh i just want to give the nod at the dh spot um Mm -hmm kind of like with the whole Muncie thing, like you almost want to give him, give him the opportunity because probably won't be here in month two, but just you want to highlight how special it's been in April, but a 1.4 war on the season so far with a guy that's only played, only had 68 at bats, um, nine home runs, 353 batting average a 465 on base. The best number of them all a 779 slugging percentage, that is a 1245 OPS. He currently leads all of Major League Baseball in slug and OPS. Uh, the OPS plus also at a 251. Uh, we know these numbers are not going to continue. They're definitely going to be uh, coming down. It's very much like a Taylor Ward of 2021 where the month of April it was just unbelievable. But um, what do you give to Rooker, uh, Brent Rooker being on, on this start? I mean, I mean, it's I almost don't want to say, do, do you, again, I, I hate bringing up this topic, but I almost look at it as like, do the A's start looking at this as like a trade piece or yes. like, because I mean, you, you got to sell high right now. I mean, a team would love to have this DH outfield combo. A team like the Yankees would love to have a, t- a person like this where they could fill them in for Willie Calhoun. They wouldn't have to bat Willie Calhoun every single night. So um, what do you make so far of this, of this start for Rooker? Yeah, it's tough. Um, so first of all, he is my DH. I am loving the start to his season. Obviously, the numbers are incredible. 
Um, like you said, leading in slugging for all of MLB, leading in OPS amongst qualified players in all of MLB. How could you not find a way to include this guy? He has played plenty of DH, so it makes sense there. I mean, even guys like your Don Travis are playing outfield too. Not that many true, true DHs right now, so he's as good a pick as anyone in my mind. Um, 14 walks to 16 strikeouts is a great ratio there. Nine home runs in 22 games. He's just crushing the ball. Uh, he's just you know playing out of his mind truly. And I do think that you know obviously things will come down a bit. But there also are other promising signs in just his hitting profile right now. The best expected Woba in all of baseball. Um, his hard hit rate, his barrel rate are all very good. There's a lot of swing and miss in his game. But if he can keep the strikeouts kind of in check going forwards, he still walks a ton. And, uh, you know, he spits on bad pitches. So there's lots, there's lots that I like. I'll put it that way. There's lots that I like that I think is somewhat sustainable. I think he should be a trade piece he actually looks like he won't be a free agent until 2028 so on one hand the A's could say maybe this is a guy we could control for a bit see what he becomes but honestly Travis he's 28 yeah you read my mind he is 28 (laughs) and I am always of the mindset sell high and buy low when you have the opportunity to do so um, if he all of a sudden has a bad second half and a bad start next season, you've wasted your chance to get yep. a, a marquee prospect yep. for, you know, um, whether it be a Yankees, whether it be maybe the Cardinals kind of creep back, they need a lefty DH, you know, uh, maybe it's the Dodgers need a lefty bat. You know, there's lots of teams that might find themselves in a playoff race and need a lefty bat. Um, I think that he is just a great I'm sorry, he's a righty. He's my a righty. my, my mistake. Right to, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of, I think, uh, Noda on their team. But okay. um, but yeah, I think just in general, um, a bat with this much uh pop potential, um, and and you know, swing and miss is his issue, but he's still hitting 353 at the moment. There's so much upside there that I'm not sure why any team would uh a contending team would pass that up in the trade market. Um, I'm not sure what they would get for him, you know, but there is a lot of control there, so um, more tough conversations in Oakland, Travis, to be had about what to do with this guy. Um, but I'm of the mindset that if you're not going to compete now, next year, probably not the year after, then why hold on to this guy? Yep. All of a sudden, if you're competing, but he's 32 now, you kind of miss the chance to kind of get more of a, a future piece. So um, I, we agree on his, uh, you know, being deserving of the all MLB DH for April. Um, and I do personally think that the A's need to already think about shopping him. It's unfortunate for the fans, but that needs to be the mindset. I think you need to commit to the vision. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you're too far down this road of, of of giving up on the season that there's no reason to you know, hang on to a little bright spot just yes. for the sake of um, whatever it may be. But Yeah, I, I, I would almost be more upset hanging on to this guy and continuously losing ball games. And then you look at, you know, Oh, now the the numbers have definitely cooled down. He is not what he was in April. And, you know, we're basically just having this, you know, 28 year old playing, you know, pretty average MLB uh, baseball. It it, it would be kind of a, it'd be a negative in my mind. I'm, I'm with you. If, If the, if he's off to a great start, the team's not, then let's try and see what we can get from it. We can get some, some uh some more pitching prospects maybe we get some hitting prospects uh something to help us down the line because i think we can all agree uh oakland's time is not in the near future i mean we're, we're probably looking at a four-year uh wait before we can look at an oakland team that might be uh you know 
of some serious contention. And in that time, Alex, they're probably going to be the Las Vegas A's. So maybe it's, <laughs> it's almost time to start looking at what do you want this team to look like when this team moves to Las Vegas, which again is such a, just a terrible position to be. If you are in Oakland and you're an A's fan and you've been an A's fan your whole life, uh, you feel like you're going to be watching just awful baseball for the rest of the Oakland days. And then once this team maybe moves to Vegas, that's when they take things more, a little bit more seriously. But that rounds out our all MLB starting nine with also the DH. Um, Alex, we'll move now to the starting rotation. Um, I'll rattle off my top five or my five guys in my rotation in the month of April. Um, and then I'll let you rally yours off. We can discuss if we have uh, a lot of differences or for basically on the same page with everything. But I'll start off with the, with the top three. Um, I think these are the three best pitchers in Major League Baseball right now. Uh, that's going to be Garrett Cole. Shohei Otani and Sonny Gray uh and the last two pitchers I think are just the strikeout gods of 2023 and that's Spencer Strider and Zach Gallen so those are my five starting pitchers for 2023 so far who do you got almost the exact same Travis we are the same on our on four of the five it okay. looks like so Garrett Cole Zach Gallen Sonny Gray Shohei Otani, all those guys, we agree on how good they are. I am also a fan of what Spencer Strider has been doing. Travis, a huge fan of his strikeout game. Um, but I am rocking with someone who actually does have a slightly better strikeout game, despite, you know, actually, I don't think that's true. Actually, maybe Strider might be a bit better, but I'm going with Jacob deGrom, Travis, who, yes, he has had already these injury concerns, but he actually has... Um, gotten one more out this year than Strider. 30.1 innings pitched to 30 innings pitched. Um, DeGrom Travis is at a 2.67 ERA, but the expected ERA and the FIP are both uh, below 2. Um, a 1.4 Fangraphs war. Strider Travis is also great. I'll let you make the case for him in a little bit, but I do just think that what DeGrom is doing is worthy of consideration here. Uh, I think that he is consistently elite in terms of getting strikeouts and limiting walks. The only time he ever has any quote-unquote meltdowns is when guys hit the ball hard, and that happens to every single pitcher who's ever taken the mound in the big leagues. It will happen to anybody. But what he can control in terms of getting strikeouts, limiting walks, you know, um, minimizing how many times guys crush the ball, DeGrom's as good as anybody, even though he is having these nagging injuries. The innings pitched is still... Um, I think it's still high enough to, for him to be considered for my top five. So he makes my team. Um, go ahead and tell me about why you went with Strider instead of some of these other good names. Um, give me your thoughts. Yeah, uh, for me, Spencer Strider, um, you know, the 1.80 ERA is special. Um, he's 3-0 and on the season. On the season uh, hasn't lost a game yet. Uh, is the uh, strikeouts per nine champion right now at a 14.7. So he is... Uh, he is basically, you know, I wouldn't say destroying his competition, but is higher than his competition on the strikeouts per nine on that rate uh, uh, stat. Also, the best FIP in the National League, the second best FIP in Major League Baseball at a 1.75. Um, Behind I, who? Uh, Spencer Strider. Behind who? Oh, the FIP? Oh, Jacob DeGrom. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I, I just, just, I, just, no, no, yeah, you mentioned that. Just, just don't shots. Give me your kudos. But, I mean, the second best FIP, I feel like got to be in your top five, am I right? So... Uh, Great pitcher. 
So that's why I have him here. Um, I look at the combination of, you know, the best the, the, the best MLB strikeouts per nine and the second best FIP um, with also just the ERA and some of these other stats. It, it kind of just screams in my head that he has to be in a top five rotation spot. So um, that's why I went with him. Every other guy, I mean, I think we've both been very, very uh, uh, high on what Cole's doing. I think a 1.1 one era sunny gray i think he ha- he has the best era out of everyone um on on our list and then shohei otani what he's done just it's kind of funny you look at the start his last start against oakland which was basically the biggest outlier of his season in terms of starting pitching and it's really funny it's it's it comes down to one inning um and then when you kind of digress and you were to analyze that one inning there's a three-run home run that our right fielder hunter renfro it almost like went off his glove and left the ballpark. So you almost look at that should have been caught. And then also Shay Langliers hit a home run that uh, I will say left the ballpark, but not in like dramatic fashion. So th- there was a questionable uh, and- three run shot, which I guess you could take a deeper analyze into it, which I could I w- will do because I will defend Shohei Otani no matter what. And he is still one of the best, if not the best pitcher in the I, game. I want to park right there because you completely covered what I wanted to say as well. That one kind of um, outlier start, not only were the home runs just kind of like a little bit bad luck because the home run just kind of happened to occur right after he walked somebody. So yep. there, there happened to be traffic on base. Um, but I think I think from those, that one thing, it was like three hits, like two home yep. runs and like a single and yep. like, you know, a couple walks or maybe a hit by pitch. His only weakness so far this season, Travis, has been he's been kind of wild. Um, a 13 walk percentage is too high. Um, he needs to get that tightened down. But the thing is, I think he will. Um, I really trust his pedigree and what he's kind of established for himself as an elite pitcher in the game to kind of work through whatever is kind of troubling him at the moment. But he is fourth best strikeout percentage in MLB. The top four are Strider at Travis, 42.6% strikeout percentage for Strider. That's almost half the guys he faces he strikes out. DeGrom is uh, just south of 40% strikeout rate. Then it's Gallon and Otani. So, um, you know, lots of guys that we like at the top of that list there. Um, Otani's big walk issue, Travis, the the wildness, the base on balls, it is leading to a pretty, uh, a bad FIP in comparison to what his ERA is. The only reason why I don't give that as much credence as if it was someone else, maybe I'm just biased, but I just trust Otani's ability to kind of right the ship in regards to this issue. He knows his issue is control. Um, but he is developing new pitches. Travis, his sweeper is one of the best pitchers in baseball thus far. Um, he still hits triple digits in the fastball when he needs it. Uh, I think that he will be able to kind of correct the issues with the control. Um, it's been a problem in his past before, and he's always been able to kind of uh, work through it. Um, the swing and miss stuff, the ability to miss bats is some of the best um, in all of baseball this year. Um, guys simply aren't hitting the ball against them, Travis. They, they might walk. Um Two home runs allowed, I believe, but that's about it. Yep. Um, the contact, he's just limiting it um, at a pretty insane pace. So um, I'm glad we both included Otani, even though um, you know the FIP is not very great. He's a lot walking a lot of guys, but there's too much upside in the stuff he brings to the table. But and you know, every night it's 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 going to be you know eight to nine strikeouts. I feel like a start. You know, it's kind of it's kind of crappy that that one start against the Red Sox, which I think he went like two innings or an inning in a third, and then it got rained. Uh, for about two hours and he had to of course miss 
the rest of the game in terms of starting the game. But I, you know, again, it's kind of a, another number that might kind of hurt him when you look at, Oh, you know, here's how many innings he's pitched and how many games he's pitched in. Um, you, when you look at it, it might average out to like five innings or, you know, five and a half, five and two thirds innings, um, every start, which some people might say is, you know, hurting him in terms of some of those rate based rate based stats. But, um, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, I, I think that it's it's funny. Again, I, I can analyze every single inning and every single start of Shohei and say, hey, if you take away that inning or, hey, if you take away, uh, you know, if you maybe add two inches on Renfro uh, in his height, then, you know, we're looking at a different ball game. We're looking at a different season so far for Otani. I think if that inning were to get erased, Alex, his ERA probably would be, would be less than like a 0.5. I think it would be... Um, it, it would be we'd be looking at like Bob Feller uh, level right. right now for for Shohei Otani on this season. But um, and I guess the guy does DH every other game or every game. So, you know, he's not out there taking rest and, you know, and, still putting and, up these numbers. And and not to mention the speed he's beating out like he's beating out grounders to the first baseman, yeah. like hard to ground to the first baseman. He somehow gets there before the guy does. But, um, you know, Travis, we're never going to stop praising the guy. <laughs> Um, he is off to an incredible start to the year, like always. Um, but Travis, uh, that wraps up the starting pitching. Now on to our closer. Do you want to start us off? Yes, I'll do so. Uh, the closer of the year so far for me is going to be David Bednar of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, he's got the best ERA um, out of all starting pitchers at a point six nine. He has nine saves on the season. The whip is below a 0.7, so doing a great job there. Um, not, I, I wouldn't, I would say he still needs to work out maybe on the strikeouts per nine. Only 11.8 strikeouts per nine. I've been pretty high on relievers who come into games and just don't mess around and just strike out the opposing batters. Um, but just so far, what he's been able to do, I, I really like what he's offered. His ERA is 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 very special, and also with the whip. Um, being very good as well he is not walking guys you know whatsoever and that's one thing you look at a lot of relievers and a lot of failures from relievers is they start the inning with a walk or maybe they get two outs and they walk somebody and then that translates into an extended inning and then more runs come in um, that's one thing that you know I think is uh, a, a very uh, clear objective when a reliever comes in do not walk anybody but uh, he's doing a good job on that so I had to give him praise for the first month of April but who do you got for your closer so with my closer, Travis, I went ahead and to my surprise, I'm going with Jose Alvarado. He uh, brings a lot of good things to the table so far this season. I, I He was not 100% on my radar, but after taking a deeper look, uh, I'm really liking what I'm seeing. So just to get into the numbers really quickly, has just only thrown 12 and one-third inning. Um, the Ks per nine is up at 17 and a half, so really elite strikeout numbers. Has not walked anybody yet this year has also left every single batter on base that he, um, has gotten on base versus him this year. His only runs allowed are off homers. Um, he is a, at a 0.73 ERA with a 0.55 FIP. His expected FIP is actually 0.01. So that's just like obviously uh, it's unreal. A, a crazy figure to be at. Um, obviously, I don't, expect him, I don't expect him to be this guy the whole season, but I'm really kind of... Uh, impressed with what he's been able to do thus far also a really good ground ball rate he is a, a sinker pitcher a power sinker kind of pitcher over half of the balls in play or 
over half the times that guys make contact, I should say, um, the ball is ends up on the ground. So that's another good thing that will help you get out of jams as well. So lots of good things uh, going for, for the lefty in Philadelphia. Um, the strikeouts, the lack of walks, the ground balls, it's all really elite in my book. Um, but Bednar does have a better Fangraphs war. So I do see where you're coming from on that pick. Both guys have been really great so far. So, I mean... In a, in a month of relief, Travis, anyone can be like the best in baseball. Yes, you know, yep. you look at some of the names, um, you know, there's guys I've never heard of on this leaderboard for, um, you know, like the top 10 relievers by Fangraphs War. And we follow the game pretty closely. So um, it just goes to show you how, you know, some of these guys can really have a breakout month. And, and there, there's there's tons of guys to kind of keep our eye on here as the season progresses. Travis, Devin Williams has allowed zero runs this season. We haven't picked him. We didn't pick him. Every year I feel like he's just under the radar when it comes to uh, going over relievers or closers. I mean, I feel like he was in the shadow of Josh Hader for so many years. But, I mean, you're right. I mean, the the, the ERA of zero, the the whip of a .85 right now, you know, basically 14 14 strikeouts per nine, uh, actually at 13.5. But, again, he's... He's unbelievable too for that for that Brewers uh, pen right now. Yeah, and Jorge I, I, I Lopez will, also I will. zero. Jorge Lopez. Oh, okay. And yeah. he, twins, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I will ask. I know we. Met, I know you mentioned earlier in, in the uh, podcast. You know, you you still think the Pirates are going to be a team that could contend for a wild card spot? Are you? If you're GM of the of the Pirates right now, I I know your the fans are excited. You're you're off to a good start. Do you even like flirt with? possible trades I, again I, I know we always say you want to get you want you want to sell these players when they're on they're at their peak of their highest i look at a guy like david bednar i look at a lot of teams that need relievers are you at all even questioning that or do you kind of just still want to let this season ride and see where it goes i would have i would have done that last year last year yeah. the all-star mm-hmm. break are at the trade line i'm really surprised they did not trade him yep. i think that they should have at the time given the season he had last year uh, given that the, the need for levers that every team always has as the postseason approaches. But Travis, this year, I would not do it, at least not yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe if at the deadline, they're below 500, you could do it then. Um, but I think as of right now, a team like the Pirates, if you can make the playoffs, that's worth everything. I think to the Definitely. fans, I think their fan base is actually really strong. Um, I always see like, I always hear loud crowds at their games. The Dodgers were playing over there recently and that game was on my TV uh, watching that and 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 the car was into the game and I do think that um, if you're a team with zero postseason expectations and you have a shot you can't put on that it's not like the A's to me where it's like you commit to the tank the Pirates have a chance they truly have a chance to make the playoffs it's not a big one but if they're in the race um, if they're like 500 or slightly above that at the deadline you cannot be selling guys in my opinion mm-hmm. and i think the gm would agree i think there's you know not an insane level of talent on the team but there's enough to go around to be fun to be frisky especially in a national league central that even though i do like the brewers you know with the cardinals out of the picture the cubs not great but also not terrible um it kind of leaves a bit of a door open for the pirates if they wanted to to compete and so i, I can't trade bednard um yet if, if i'm them yeah yeah I, I i i like that answer and also i will say they i think they have what seven six or seven top 100 prospects i mean you could be looking at a team that'd be looking to trade away some of these guys to get talent right away for you know an unexpected playoff run i mean i think if you're you're still primed for a good spot to make the playoffs. Why not go out there and just say, we're going to go after it. You know, we're going to go after a, a playoff spot right now. We want to get these fans, you know, excited. And I'm sure the fans 
would love to have a uh, a strong end of the season. So um, just a good question I wanted to ask to see what what your thoughts are, because like we mentioned, we always like to sell high. Uh, and I feel like there's there are certain times for some of these players where GMs like to wait and then the time passes and then you're looking at it as, you know, darn, I should have made that move. But um, Alex, that wraps up our all MLB teams so far for the first month. Um, who do you got for your so far your player of the year? Uh, if you had to make your your number one player, who is who's who's getting that award right now? Yeah, my player of April, Travis. I'm going with Max Muncy. Okay. Um, I think that it was a tough choice. Lots of different candidates, and just based on uh, all my position players, I I didn't none of the pitchers stood out enough for me, and so based on all my position players, he had some of the most uh, eye popping offensive stats for me. So I went with Muncy. I'm not. I still feel like it's very much up for debate. Um, I'll let you, I'll let you give your, and then we can talk. I kind of cheated. I just, I went Shohei Otani. Um, oh, okay. I thought, yeah. so I thought you were going to go Matt Chapman. I feel like Matt Chapman's a lot of people's answer. I, I like him, but but, yeah. but he didn't even make my team. Yeah. So how could yeah. he be my guy? Yeah. I um, like him, but I think I, Shohei I, just, yeah. I, I did look at Shohei's numbers. Um, though Fangas War, I think was at a 1.8, which I think tops Muncie, but like 0.1 maybe. Yeah. But, um, I think Tra- baseball, it's 2.1. I think it's the number one. Is it? It's number one. It's over Chapman, but of course, as he's starting and he's hitting. So yeah, and, and but that that that's just the package that Otani brings to the table. You and I are both such huge fans of him. What he can do. Um, that's not cheating at all. I think that's not that that that's uh that's definitely one of the uh, acceptable answers for sure. Um, and and he is someone who we feel the most confident can kind of keep those numbers up because all he has to do is. Uh, keep doing what he's doing on both ends, which he is. Seems like he's has no stop in sight, um, based and, on how he's performing. And that's why you see Vegas giving him a what a plus two ninety for AL MVP odds to start the year because they're saying you just have to do your job, Shohei, and you'll win the MVP. You know, e- even if Chapman has an unbelievable start, I don't think it's going to continue. But that's not even enough because you can do both. You can do the the pitching and you could also do the hitting. Um, the hitting, of course, is still. I think yeah, seven home runs on the month. That's spectacular. I mean, we're we're looking at Shohei right now. You know, trending towards what like forty home runs. I mean, he hasn't done that. I he has done that once in his career in twenty twenty one. But I mean, forty home runs with the way he's pitching. I mean, talk about that value. <laughs> I mean, and then looking at the other guys who are like remotely in the race. I'm going off a of Fangraphs War leaderboard for American League. I don't think Chapman will be in that race towards the end of the year, if I had to guess. I think he'll be an MVP vote-getter, but I don't think he's going to be like a top-five guy. He could. I'm just not going to bet on that. Um, Trout is at 1.5. He's the next-best AL guy. Then it's Wander Franco, Jonah Heim. You know, outside of Trout and Franco, those guys could be in that kind of top-five conversation. But it starts to be kind of, you know, interesting. You know, Marcus Simeon, um, Randy Rosarena, Jared Kelnick. I'm not sure I see these guys being threats to Otani's MVP odds. If I was if I was in Vegas right now, Travis, I'm not sure what the odds would be, but I'm feeling a lot better about an Otani MVP with, mm-hmm. you know, considering the judge injury, considering Trout is doing great, but maybe not quite like a 2019 Trout offensive slash line. Um, I think there's just lots to like about Otani's, you know, MVP case. I think him losing it last year kind of makes the voters maybe want to give it back to him again this year, give him mm-hmm. the belt back if he can kind of continue what he's already been doing. But Travis, make those owners' wallets hurt. That's right. I mean, whoever ends up paying the big bucks, um, it is going to be a big check uh, every month going towards Otani's bank account. But Travis, that wraps up our all MLB stuff. Um, Great first time doing it for the new year. 
Um, let's keep it rolling before we wrap, wrap up the episode. We'll have a brief kind of debate on who we think are the top 10 teams right now. One month into the season, Travis, a little brief update on who we think um, are the teams to beat. So we'll just go one through five and then six through 10 after. Sounds good. Um, I'll go with my one through five. Uh, Like we always say, some of these teams, it's hard to kind of tell who do we think is legit and who is kind of just kind of a poser right now. But my one has to be Tampa Bay Rays. Two, I go with the Houston Astros. Three, Atlanta Braves. Four, Texas Rangers. And five, Pittsburgh Pirates. Okay. Give me your your top five. Yeah. Number one, uh, again, has to be the Tampa Bay Rays. So that's easy right there. Number two, I go Atlanta. Number three, I go Baltimore Orioles. Number four, I go Rangers. Five, I go Pirates. So same number one, same number four and five, I believe, as well. Uh, the Braves are a top three for both of us, um, but no Orioles for you and no Astros for me. Do we discuss or we keep going? Um, I say we, we are similar. I say we keep going. Okay, sounds good. I'll I'll give you the rest of mine okay. um, to rattle off the top ten. Number six, I go Milwaukee Brewers. Seven, I go Toronto Blue Jays. Eight, I go Minnesota Twins. Nine. I get to the Astros and number 10, I go the Los Angeles Dodgers. So that is my top 10 for the power rankings. Alex, give me your six. Let's discuss six through 10, six. I get to the Milwaukee Brewers seven. I go to the Los Angeles Dodgers eight. I go to the Toronto Blue Jays nine, the Chicago Cubs and 10, the Minnesota twins. So we do have some differences. Didn't hear Orioles. One of them being the <laughs> lack of the Orioles. Clearly a major difference. Should we start there? Sure. Start there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um what what in my mind, what what gives them not being a top ten right now? And and the pirates are. So I'll, I'll ask that question. So most of my decision making on how I make my uh, power rankings is based on, I mean, win loss record does matter to an extent, mm-hmm. but I care more about run differential between the two. Um, are you scoring more than your opponent? Because some teams, Travis, will have winning records, but they're scoring less than their opponent. You know, they'll win by one, they'll lose by five, um, which is kind of the way that some teams can kind of luck into a good early record or a bad one. So th- just so the, the listeners know, that's what I really care about is run differential as well as, you know, strength of schedule should be a factor as well. The Pirates, Travis, have uh, the second or it looks like the third best run differential of any team. That's why I kind of give them more props than a team like Baltimore. There's still a lot to like about Baltimore, in my opinion, but the run differential is a lot more kind of pedestrian. I think that they're definitely had an argument to make my list, um, but overall, the teams that I included over them have either a similar run differential or a harder strength of schedule, in my opinion. Um, and and I'm getting all these numbers off, off base reference here, but I think a lot of it has to do with I'm not sure the Orioles have the staying power in that division. Um, their Pythagorean win-loss, uh, which is, means it's what your win-loss would be based on your run differential, is 16 wins, 12 losses. So that's a very solid place to be, but I guess they just missed my 10. They probably would be my honorable mention if I had to give it to someone. But the teams who I had at the bottom of my list, Travis, like the Twins, um and like the dodgers i just give a bit of an edge to those teams because of um 
in the Dodgers case, a harder strength of schedule. Um, they're simply playing, uh, they're simply playing more teams with winning records, whereas the Orioles are playing more teams with losing records at the moment. Um, and then, uh, a team like the twins, uh, for me, uh, they have a better run differential. Wait, hold on. Oh, they have the identical run differential actually. But either way, I think that the twins, um, being a more of a threat in their division, uh, to me is, is somewhat of a factor where I feel like the Orioles, um, their ability to keep up with, um, you know, a team like the Rays, a team like the Blue Jays, um, I just don't believe in it that much. You actually have the Orioles above the Blue Jays, correct? Correct, yes. Where did you have the Blue Jays ranked? I have the Blue Jays at the number seven spot. Okay. I think I had them in a pretty similar spot too. Yeah, eight, I believe. So I guess kind of comparing teams like that, um, I get the kind of hype around the Orioles being 19 and nine, but the Blue Jays are right there at, you know, 18 and 10. And I think that the Blue Jays have had a more difficult schedule, slightly worse run differential. Um, a lot of these, a lot of these kind of differences come down to like one win here, one loss here. Uh, I just think that what the Orioles are doing doesn't feel as sustainable as some of the other teams. But gotcha. um, you, you obviously do believe in them. Um, what are some of the other big differences? I, I was going to ask you one question because I know you had the one big thing I'm surprised with is I think you had Astros top top three. I think I had them second. Second. Um, what is what, what's, what's going into that? Because, Alex, I mean, one thing I will say, I'm I'm seeing – Texas, Minnesota, Toronto, Baltimore, Tampa, all with better records. And then I see Texas, Minnesota, and Tampa all with better run differentials. So what what went into that? Uh what 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 made them number two? Yeah. So if you um there's a, a setting on a base reference that sorts them by strength of schedule. So the strength of schedule is just the number of runs per game that your opponent is better or worse than the average team. So essentially mm -hmm. it's a complicated kind of, it's not that complicated, yeah, but it's yeah. just like a, it's just, I'll let them do the math and I'll read the numbers. <laughs> yeah. And Houston has, according to them, the third most difficult strength of schedule so far this season, only behind, I think the White Sox and the Cubs, it said there. Um, which is also why the Cubs sneaked onto my list is because they have had quite a tough strength of schedule. But looking at like the teams that they've played, um, the Astros have been pretty up and down. But you know they've had good series against the Phillies. Uh, they did. They did a. Did they split with the White Sox? Yeah, they split with the White yeah, Sox. Two and two. Yep. Um, they beat up Detroit and Pittsburgh. But you know, I think overall it's just been kind of a slew of talented teams. Atlanta, they've played. Toronto, they've played. Tampa Bay, they've played. Pittsburgh is playing really well and they beat them up. So I think that there's a strength of schedule component um, that really kind of uh, gives them a bit of a boost compared to some other teams. Mm -hmm. Also, I think there's something to be said about um, my belief in the team's ability. Like how, how legit do I think your performance currently is? And with the Astros, it's something where if there's just a, a belief that this can't be a fluke, right? Just because yep. we know what the team's kind of made of. They're persevering injuries right now. Um, obviously, Altuve's missed the whole season so far. There's lots of, you know, question marks all over the diamond. Abreu's playing very, very poor uh, offense at first base. He's a 50 OPS plus, Travis. Jose Abreu's having a, yeah. very, a very weak offensive year. Bregman, a below average year. Um, you know, some guys getting at bats for them that, you know, were not part of their World Series formula last year by any means. But overall, Travis, the pitching has been solid. Um, enough guys contributing, stepping up. I feel like I believe um, in their DNA as a team to be, you know, the best AL team behind 
uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. So I do see how the uh, a team like the Rangers is currently uh, producing more wins, but um, the 15 and three record, sorry, 15 and 13 record by the Astros is something I don't truly think is an accurate representation of their skill level. Somehow, Travis Baseball Reference actually gives them at this moment a 17.3 percent chance to win the World Series. Wow. That just seems like a really high percentage for a team that's 15 and 13, huh? It but, does. But, but we do know what their potential is, and they kind of prove it year in and year out um, that they can play to that potential. But um, Baseball Reference says that they have the third hardest schedule thus far in the season, and for that reason, um, it helped them climb my ranks a bit. Um, some teams who have had weaker schedules so far, they might have gotten hurt um, by my rankings, like the Diamondbacks have had um, an easier schedule, according to this metric. Uh, the Rangers are, are a weaker schedule a little bit. Um, that's why they are not in like my top two, which they easily could have been, because um, yep. they've been quite impressive, both offensively and on the pitching side of things. But yeah, plenty of teams. The Mets are another one. The Mets are 15 and 12, but I just did, they didn't sniff my list because they actually have a below average by quite a bit strength of schedule and the run differential is not that impressive either, but oh, I will say it, it's funny making this list in, in uh, on May 1st and the Mets, the Phillies and the Padres are not on our list. So um, that's something that's, I, you know, you, you, you would look at and say, you know, that that's gotta be a big shocker. Another thing is um, right now uh, Miami and the Mets are tied for the second place spot in the national league East um, with the results of tonight. And it, you know, Miami has a minus 35 run differential and the Mets have a plus nine, but they're both tied right now, which is just incredible that, that Miami is still putting up a fight, probably winning a lot of close ball games. But uh, the results are the same win totals as the New York Mets, which I mean, they got to be kicking themselves that they're, you know, in a, in a race right now with Miami. And I, I, I'm someone who I like how you compare those run differentials, but the same record. And so for me and my rankings, I'm always going to favor that team with the better run differential because I believe that they're playing better. Of course. Yeah. Um, and and the, the results aren't quite lining up yet. But over a large enough sample size with the same kind of level of play being consistent, I would expect a team like the Mets to outpace a team like the Miami Marlins, like, like you said. So Of course, of course. Well, that kind of wraps it up. I mean, I, that, that's it's it's a scrambled power rankings top ten, Alex. Um, Lots of teams in that kind of you know yeah. flirting with it. Like you said, we didn't include the Padres. The Cardinals are not really close, but it's no. kind of crazy how many teams. You know, Yankees are fifteen and fourteen. Like a lot of teams, a tick above yeah, five hundred right. that um, did not make the cut, but definitely have an argument. I mean. I'll be honest, I, even the Red Sox, who I've been hating on, 15 and 14, positive run differential, you know, we're, we're, we're not giving them any love. But, you know, some of these teams are um, flirting with the top 10. They are. They are. And you're right. Another team like the Yankees. I mean, again, a surprise so far. It was a interesting uh, all MLB team we made and then also an interesting power rankings we made because – Again, there's just so many teams. I never thought I would have the Texas Rangers and the Pittsburgh Pirates in the same power rankings at the end of month one, um, especially for me. I never thought I'd have them ahead of the Dodgers. Uh, you know, I never thought I'd have them ahead of the Padres or the Mets or the Phillies or the Yankees, but they're all there. So it's been a very enjoyable first part of the season, Alex. I, I will say we're I think I think we're due for a very interesting year. I think there's going to be a lot of surprises down the stretch that we just are. uh are are not not expecting so it, i think so far it's gonna be fun it's gonna be very fun travis um 
after doing our first kind of iteration of the all MLB teams, I'm excited to see which of these guys, like the Rookers, like the Laos, the Arise guys, I wonder how many of these guys can continue what they're doing, um, if they can kind of keep up with the races at their positions, you know. I, I, I'm stoked to see, you know, how these, these um, kind of topics shape up as the, the season goes on. But, Travis, that pretty much does it for us this week. Um, if you guys made it this far, we obviously appreciate you so much, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Presented by Tool Tools Podcast. <laughs>